What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Welcome back to Kind of Funny's MCU in Review, where for the very first time, we're doing an MCU rewatch, getting hyped for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by one of the coolest dudes in video games, Greg Miller. Hey, how are you? Fantastic. The big dog, Kevin Coelho. We didn't like MCV, MCU reviewing. There's just so many things. You know what? Call it whatever you want to call it. Whatever makes this feel right in your heart, in your mind, in your soul. That's what I want you to refer to this as. Mm-hmm. Nick Scarpino, the producer slash producer. What do you think about that? I think it's great. I think we should call it MCU review, rewatch, relist. We don't know. I don't know. We don't know. No, we don't no. know. That's do not, we know? Yeah, that's not, it's a brainstorm sesh. That's not the one we're going to go with. But I appreciate <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Mr. Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. How you doing? MCU in review part due. Sure, that's not bad. That's not bad. It's not bad. Hot shots part two. A quick, quick question about how mm-hmm. the rules are going to work for this. Are we? We're not re like moving it in the list, right? This is a fantastic question. I have a fantastic answer Thank for you. you. The original idea, there was an idea uh, that we were going to watch every single MCU movie leading into Infinity War. It was all about building that hype, watching alongside with you into that. And as time went on in review, has kind of turned into a bunch of different things. It's still uh, at its best is doing that leading into a movie. But other times it's just us going into franchises we either love or hate, depending on uh, if they're Transformers or not. But mm-hmm. uh, what we're trying to do here is leading into new MCU movies because you know we all love going back and, and watching this mcu stuff uh we're going to be re-watching some of the films to get hyped get reacquainted with some characters and, and whatnot and the reason we're doing this is it's all of or there are elements of the 10 rings uh that are featured in shang chi and the legend of for said 10 rings aforementioned 10 rings so that's that's what we're going to be doing we are not going to be re-ranking it but we're going to do all the rest of the interview stuff this is more of a retrospective thing of us just looking back seeing how we feel about this movie with the context of everything that we know now um and just kind of having a good time doing a good old-fashioned rewatch book club type thing uh because this is kind of funny's mcu in review where each and every week we rank and review two different movie franchises uh this week we are doing Iron Man 3 to prep for later in the week, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings that's coming out on Friday. So get hyped about that. Uh, And I said this before, but in case you didn't know, Greg Miller will be joining us. We rented out a private theater, so we'll all be watching this movie. We'll be able to do it uh, the the proper way, which I'm extremely, extremely excited about. Uh, You can get the show on YouTube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com. You can also get it as a podcast. Just search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny in review, and we'll be right there for you. If you want to get the show ad free, if you want to watch the show live as it's being recorded, you're going to want to go to patreon.com 
slash kind of funny, just like our Patreon producer Molecule has done. Uh, and he will not be hearing the ads that everyone else will for MeUndies Babble and HelloFresh later in the yes, show. But that's so, so much later. For now, let's talk about it. Iron Man 3. With a runtime of 2 hours and 11 minutes, it makes it the longest Iron Man movie. It was released on May 3rd, 2013, making it the seventh MCU film, the first of Phase 2. Um, it came out almost exactly a year after Avengers 1. Avengers 1 came out May 4th, 2012. This was May 3rd, 2013. Kind of crazy to imagine a time, uh, COVID notwithstanding, that we go an entire year without a single MCU property. But that's just how things were back then. Uh, and then it was followed up with Thor The Dark World in November uh, 8th, 2013, a couple months uh, later. Uh, this was the first movie in the Iron Man franchise not to be directed by Jon Favreau, who turned down the offer for this movie in order to direct a movie called Magic Kingdom uh, that was going to kind of be like Night at the Museum for mm-hmm. Disneyland, where at night all the rides come alive and stuff. But it never happened. So... There's that. Good move, John Favreau. Uh, he later admitted that not you directing. Ding dong. <laughs> I know what you mean, Greg. He later admitted that not directing allowed him to have more fun with his character, Happy Hogan, saying that he was like a proud grandfather who doesn't have to change the nappies but gets to play with the baby. That's 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 yeah, how I like you that a lot. Yeah. As we cannot let it get back to John Favreau that Greg called him a ding dong on YouTube. We cannot <laughs> let it get back to him. Hey, listen, I like John Favreau, all right? Chef, Swingers, great flicks. Obviously, all his Iron Man's. But John Favreau, if you're watching right now, you're a ding-dong for not directing this one, all right? Someone right. passes you the football. Don't let go of it, sir. I met John Favreau one time at a Comic-Con party, the IGN Comic-Con party. Did you call and him I, a ding-dong? No, I didn't call him a ding-dong. I was like, hey, man, uh, it's so cool that you're hey, here. He's in like, the VIP section. I was like, let me know if you need anything, you know, because I work with IGN. Like, I was working for IGN at the time. If you need a drink or whatever, no, yeah, let me know. He goes, thanks, man. That's really cool. I appreciate that. And then nine other people from IGN asked him the exact same thing. And I was like, oh, we just need to leave John Favreau alone. He's just trying to party. And everyone's like, I, to buddy, I'm buddy so up to fucking him. sick of all these nerds. I'm not going to direct Iron Man 3 to distance myself. I'm going to leave your fault. And the ding dong alarm went off and Fran walked over. Ding dong, ding dong. Here comes Mirabella. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's, that's, where, we're that's where we're at. That's where we're at on this A lot of Tuesday people thought morning. we couldn't find the magic in MCU re-review, in-review, Jeff D. Epstein didn't kill himself. But here we are, and we Isn't found the magic. Why did he save it? I don't understand. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just <laughs> stopped giving it. He gets too built up, and then he needs to explode, and he reaches in the dark hole. We saw it already. We saw it. Tell us more about the dark hole, Kevin. Oh, my God. It's, it's so black, the so hole? impossibly black. Just like, kind of a weird segue, but uh, the director <laughs> Shane, Black. Going with this? Shane Black. Oh, okay. <laughs> ah, <laughs> right. Where are you going with this? Let's dial this back. <laughs> An American film director, producer, screenwriter, and actor who has written such films as Lethal Weapon and mm-hmm. Lethal Weapon 2, The Monster Squad, The Last Boy Scout, The Last Action Hero, and The Long Kiss Goodnight. As an actor, Black is best known for his role as Rick Hawkins in Predator, 1987. Uh, he made his directorial debut with the film Kiss Kiss Bang Bang in 2005 and then went on to write and direct Iron Man 3, The Nice Guys, and The Predator in 2018. Full circle. Full circle. Uh, the music was done by Brian Tyler, uh, which means this is the third different uh, composer for the Iron Man franchise. I think this is easily the best Iron Man theme we've had, and it sucks that this is the only movie it's in. And they're just like, I right, we're just never going to use this shit again. This before MCU fucking understood what the hell they had. Kevin, you had your hand raised. What's up? Uh, no, I scratched my head. Oh. <laughs> cool. 
Google, Google, Google. Uh, this movie had a budget of $200 million. <laughs> this fucking show. I love you guys so much. <laughs> See? I went like this. Yeah. yeah Sorry. Cool. It, yeah. Uh, I can make up a two, question. Budget of $200 million and a box office of $1.215 billion, uh, making it the 20th highest grossing movie of all time. Wow. At the time of release, it was the fifth highest grossing movie of all time. So in the last eight years, there have been 15 movies to outpace that. That is freaking wow. crazy, man. Uh, but even then, at the time of release, it was only the second highest grossing film of 2013. So there were two out of the five highest grossing films of all time came out in 2013. Does anyone want to guess what number one was? Titanic. Titanic Green. 2013. Hold on. 2013. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's put us back in time. Let's take hey, us hold back. Hold on. No, just for a second. Come on. Come on. For a second. Let's give Nick the credit that he deserves for Titanic Redo. I don't think it deserves credit. Tim, how about you give me the first letter? Uh, and if I don't get it, second letter. Give me the second. Both. Tom Hanks. I, I don't know. Maybe we should just let this go. I don't know. Should we let it go? Period. Frozen. 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 It's frozen, baby. It is oh, frozen. That was the clue. Yeah. It was frozen. Uh, I, thought, I thought it was going to be said something bad. He was going to cut it out. Like, yeah, oh, this joke yeah. going to work. Get ready to no, edit it. No, 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 no. <laughs> Put you on the ding dong list with John Favreau and Albert <laughs> Einstein. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Albert Einstein. Invented huh? the world. Ah. <laughs> exactly, Nick. Oh, this guy's so smart. Why is he not still alive? Nah, I know how microphones work. I do. Ah, there are saying. several people listening to this that have not listened since the last MCU thing, or maybe since like a year ago, and are like, what are all of these fucking jokes happening right now? Yeah. <laughs> the best thing, ladies and gentlemen, Catch is up. I know what you're always saying. There's too many in-jokes that are kind of funny. I will let you know these are all fresh new in-jokes. You're in <laughs> on the ground level. Yeah. Andy, make me a Why Isn't Albert Einstein Alive shirt right now. We sell that. There you go. And a whole bunch of new fans are here. They're like, man. I was enjoying listening to that other podcast about beakers and Bunsen burners, but here I am. Let's go in the plot. He's laughing. He's laughing because he he came up with beakers and Bunsen burners, and that's what got him. Yeah, that was that way he reached into the treasure trove of thoughts, and that's what came up, and they were good. Are we gonna do the thing where we kind of go around and give our impressions? Because yeah, just like we always do on this show. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah but, we're gonna do that. Right now, right now, Greg was saying like, let's get into the plot. That's what he just said. <laughs> yeah, this man, you can't trust him with any authority. He's, 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 he's gonna pop. He's he's imagine what it's gonna be like when I take three months off. <laughs> it's been a day and a half. I've been on content. This guy's gonna. This man is wheezing <laughs> as his shirt says wheeze. <laughs> like this is just the fucking worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, <laughs> The Bechtel test is a measurement of the representation of women in fiction, asking whether a work features at least two women uh -huh. who talk to each other about something other than a man. Um, and this movie barely passes. This feels like one of the like the 20th movie we talked about recently that barely passes based on one conversation. And even then, it's debatable. Uh, there's a it's scene of bed. Maya and Pepper on the bed uh, where they're discussing the corruption of ideals of, of her work. But like even in that conversation, they are still talking about both Tony and uh, Aldrich. So it's it's kind of like, it's complicated, but whatever. I'll give you the barely pass there. Um, let's start this off with one Andy Cortez. What did you think about your rewatch of Iron Man 3? And uh, just so everybody knows, we also watched the the one shot, uh, All Hail the King, that, it, that came, originally came out as a um, bonus feature on the Thor Dark World Blu-ray release, but is now uh, re-released on Disney+. Plus. All I can say is, 
This is the worst end credit sequence I've ever seen in any movie. God, like we've been so spoiled by all of the cool motion graphics that Marvel always does. We've been spoiled by watching Pixar and Review, which always has amazing credit sequences. This one was so bad. And then I saw Shane Black and I was like, oh, oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That's why. This movie's okay. I enjoyed this movie. Um, I think I maybe enjoyed it more this time around. And uh, the humor, pretty spot, you know, pretty, you know, off and on here and there. Didn't love it. Um, I am just so confused by so many of Don Cheadle's decisions. Cheadle's. Cheadle? They call him Cheadle. Don Cheadle's. 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 John Cheadle's uh, decisions. He just does a lot of weird shit and stuff that, like, in the same way uh, when we watched Loki and... Um, Owen Wilson's character is like, all right, I'm going to send you back to the void or whatever, Ravona. And then she just like takes the thing from him and pushes into the ground. The same thing with Don Cheadle, where he's just kind of useless in this movie. And they just kind of put him in situations where he has to get caught. Like, we got to get him captured. Let's just figure out some way to get him caught. I didn't love a whole lot of those moments. Um, and if we were re-ranking this, I would still put this pretty low on the list. Nick Scarpino. Um, I enjoyed watching this again. You know, I, I like Shane Black, and I, I thought this movie was such an interesting kind of outlier for the MCU when it first came out, and I still think that, right? This feels like very much a Shane Black movie. It's Christmas. It's the kid. It's all those quippy back and forths that are mildly inappropriate to be saying to a, you know, a 12-year-old or whatever the hell this kid is, um, but the kid claps back, and it's all fun. I like those things. I think it's um, I think it's long, and I think that the uh, the overarching plot is is kind of mid-tier as far as Marvel movies are concerned, but I always like watching a Shane Black buddy cop movie, and that's kind of what this is, and that's exactly what this turns into at the end, so it's it's fun. I mean, there's, you know, it's not much more you can say about it. Um, are we are we talking about the short two or no? Yeah, right now. go for it. All Hail the King, first time watching that, and man, Ben Kingsley is a gem. He is a gem. I thoroughly enjoyed watching that, and Andy, it's your guy Scott McNabb. Is in this as well. Scott McNabb, our favorite actor from <laughs> Halt and Catch Fire, Scott McNabb. Um, I, I forgot oh, to mention. Superman, actually. I forgot how I'm uh, to mention um, how I felt about the short. I thought it was really cool. I was not expecting that level of kind of intricacy, and I didn't expect them to go that deep into uh, the Mandarin's past, uh, Trevor, whatever that Slattery or whatever. Um, I thought it was pretty neat. And yeah, just like Nick was mentioning, I thought Ben Kingsley was fantastic. He has so many sort of uh small nuances in his performance that are just really well acted go ahead to a question for you guys did you stay for the credits uh, um i yeah i saw yeah. um yeah. Uh, justin hammer right yeah yeah, yeah. Sam, yeah. Rockwell. Sam, sam rockwell the bad guy from iron man 2 is featured in the the credits of the all the hill the king short so make sure you watch the whole thing yeah i uh by the way there's like one person who's screaming at their at their phone right now being like it's scoot mcnary i know i screwed it up and now i purposely screw it up every single time he's great i thought the thing was incredibly well directed i kind of expected it because i wasn't aware that it was like a dvd extra i expected it to be more on the level of like an mcu tv show like a like a loki which mm. historically have kind of hit that certain level of you know they're they're good but they're still kind of tv quality um, and this was like a legit, just felt like a great, like a, a movie, like a short movie, basically, or a shorter version of one of the Marvel movies. This could have been just an incredibly awesome, like extended post credit sequence that would have blown everyone away. But man, Ben Kingsley is hilarious. He's so perfect as this character. They just need to make a movie with him, another movie with him in this prison where it's like, <laughs> it's just an interesting jumping off point for him. Maybe we'll see uh, him again in Shang-Chi. 
Did I say it right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shang-Chi. Kevin? Uh, so let, let me just start with a short because I thought I had seen it. And it turns out I've only ever seen half of it. So I didn't know that it like breaks them out. And it, and also I missed the post credit scene. So I got to go check that out. Um, but uh, I was very surprised at how much I enjoyed it. And like the very serious nature that, that it takes. Yeah, I think I watched till the like his like trailer ends. So I, I didn't know that that uh, like the way it goes. And it's, it is really cool and a good setup. Crazy how long ago it came out. And uh, like the fact that like we might be touching back to that. Um, as for the movie, I, I've never loved this movie. This ranks pretty low on my, um, my list. I did, however, get, I think, a bit more out of the, the, the third act. Or the, no, no, the first act in this movie. Where like kind of seeing him go through all the the, the PTSD. PTSD and and like trying to come to grips with all the insane shit that happened in Avengers, um, and one thing that actually kind of shocked me was that the uh, my, all my previous viewings I've always been like that kid's the worst I hate him. Look, he's a kid, you know, he still sucks, but <laughs> I like fucking Tony's an asshole. Like Tony is like full-on mean to this kid and like it's funny because like every time i've watched it i've always been like haha but this is the first time where i've been like that's not nice to do to like 12 year old like you were just Listen, and also kids need discipline kevin they need structure okay? not like that not like that they like good structure. structure you know what i mean this He's kid tried just, to kill him with a potato gun well this is where we're this is the level we're starting at right now killed him but like but the thing is like he uh really bullies the kid out of nowhere and uh and then at the end gives him like a weapon the, he gives him a Mustang too. He hooks him up too. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the Mustang's pretty cool. cool. The most and like the working up his shop. That's great. But I mean uh, the like weird pellet thing that like he's like yeah, yeah the light the blast. button yeah and oh, aiming at your thing. Pinata, well, it's non lethal. Like I don't think an adult should be telling a child like go ahead use this. Don't worry, it's non lethal. Listen, this kid w- wise beyond his years, as they say. Remember he's when a young Greg Miller showed up? A young Greg Miller showed up, five foot nine, five foot ten, fifteen years old. And just wearing his dad's suit. That that's the kind of kid we're dealing with here, right? Yeah. We're not I'm dealing with a young Nick Scarpino who's just fascinated by how they get the filling into the Twinkie. I just sure. never understood. Finally, Andy, five years after eating Twinkies, turn it over. I'm like, oh, they just poke it into the bottom of it. Five and you believe that? I don't, you believe that, Nick? Is that a conspiracy? Is it a Twinkie conspiracy? They start with the cream. The foam grows around it. That's what I, I always thought. I had of. Twinkies yesterday from the gas station. They were really good. As usual, okay, I had that normal, yeah. I had that normal thought of like, why well, don't I eat Twinkies every day? These are <laughs> so I had the normal thought. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Yeah. Like, I get it. I get exactly what you're saying, Craig. You forget about it, right? You take it for granted. This is something you ate as a kid a lot. You don't know, think yeah. about it. And you have two Twinkies in the car, scarf them down on the way to Home Depot. You're like, holy mm-hmm. shit, wait a second. I this could be my life secret, all the time. That's our secret. It could be. I, could, I ate a chocolate chip cookie for breakfast the other day, and I was like, this is a terrible idea. And I felt like shit the rest you of the day. Shirt. Wow. You're a coward. Your body's yeah. not used to it. I had two maple cookies right, three maple cookies right before this show. I'm feeling great. Look at me right now. You look great. <laughs> two was enough. You didn't have to. Re- you didn't have to correct yourself and say three. <laughs> and maple oh, yeah. cookies are big. Everybody, if you have, okay, if you have cookie ever. What do you think of Iron Man three? I still really enjoy Iron Man three. Um, it's one of those. You know, when we had done the last in review. What I that must have been my second time seeing it, and then since then, me and Jen have done another rewatch, and so this is like fourth or fifth time we'll say right now getting into it. And I do think that the more I watch it, the more it, like, it does. 
I like it. I like it for what it is. I like it for being this Robert Downey Jr. vehicle, right? Which I know sounds silly, but it is so much like not him in the suit, not him being Iron Man as much yeah. as him being Tony Stark, which I enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy seeing him in these, like you're talking about Nick, silly situations of a Shane Black buddy cop thing, right? And him going through. And like, I still love him, Nathan Draking it through, you know, the Mandarin compound, taking everybody out with his different uh, weapons and stuff like that. But I do stand out that there's, you know, or I, I should say, I do agree that there's some standout moments that always just feel weird. Like, in general, uh, Rebecca Hall's character uh, of Maya, right? Like when she got taken out and shot by uh, Aldrich this time around, watching, I'm just like, man, she really didn't do much in this movie. You know what I mean? Like she shows up in the beginning to show that she's working on the thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Shows up again. It's a double cross. Okay. And then a shot. And it's like that thing of like, it's my fifth time watching this movie. And this morning I'm like, but she's, so she's, she's not all the way bad, right? You know what I mean? It's like, she's just there to further the plot and move the vehicle along which is you know underutilizing well, I, her and that character obviously but i would i would i would disagree a little bit i mean she was an underutilized character for sure but I, what i like about this movie is that it's sort of about like tony's understanding of you know furthering his journey right and i like i never really caught the first time until i kind of sat back and started analyzing it the idea of creating your own demons and the idea sure. of, of where he's at mentally with this and seeing that get super corrupted through maya hansen and and seeing what that could have been if he had if he had continued down his path which is that she start i love that that thing where he's like you know you start with the science and you yeah. just and and then you know Egos. compromises start happening you make mistakes and then suddenly you turn around one day and you're doing everything for the wrong reasons and you've created all these demons and that's what and that those all caught up with her um i actually think that like uh, i think kevin talked about earlier where he likes he liked the first act i like the second act of this movie better i like that that self discovery and i like seeing himself through this kid who's like who's just unabashedly fucking with him the entire time of like of his and and having to deal with all this this post-traumatic stress uh that he's got like i I thought all that stuff was was really cool where the movie sort of falls apart for me is just sort of the third hack where aldridge killian turns into it's just not a very just it's not you know it's fine he's just kind of vanilla at the end of it as far as a bad guy is concerned but you know him getting ejected out of the suits and stuff is pretty cool sorry greg to interrupt you no i mean that's my thing is i i enjoyed the movie i enjoyed myself last night last night was a not traditional moment, but I guess, you know, with a rewatch and not, you know, how we're all doing this, it was one of those things of like, all right, cool. I'm going to play some games. Oh, wait, homework. All right, cool. Let's watch Iron Man three mm-hmm. and sitting down and then laughing and enjoying it. And I think, you know, again, it's a specific movie. Um, I love that about this phase that, you know, we started getting weird movies or specific movies that didn't necessarily feel like they needed to be what Iron Man two was, which I didn't like. Right. Like, and I like Sam Rockwell and obviously there's pieces, but Iron Man two was just like, I'm a, it's a superhero movie whereas this is something different and this is more introspective and it does give us like a, a nice glimpses at tony and i enjoy seeing that i enjoy seeing him do it i think they're you know fun stuff all over nick was am i the only person that about halfway through this was like man i'm gonna miss robert Downey jr in this role he's so I mean, that every time totally, right? yeah he's so absolutely for three hours <clears throat> yeah that that's my thing is i every time i watch this movie i enjoy it more than i i did the the first time i remember seeing it in theaters and there was that kind of feeling it being the first movie after avengers that was like i liked a lot of elements of this but it, it really kind of felt like nothing compared to you know wanting to see this story progress but now that we are you know eight years later and you know three thousand movies later it's like we've seen all that stuff so to be able to go back and kind of get this smaller moment i actually really enjoy and being able to spend more time with tony stark and the differences between iron man and tony stark all that stuff i think there's so many elements that work in this and we always talk about kind of the episodic nature of these movies and now tv shows and how they all fit together and i think this is a perfect example of a episode of tv 
version of what movies can be. And I think that it works that way because this is one of the only, one of the few, not only, one of the few sequels in the MCU that isn't a team-up movie, that isn't focusing on like, okay, cool, it's going to be uh, Peter Parker and Iron Man, or it's going to be uh, Black Widow and Captain America or whatever. It's like, it actually strips it down even more. And it's just, it's not even that much Iron Man. It's more Tony Stark. And I thought that that was a really good call. And I totally disagree with Andy about the end credit scene. I fucking love it. And it backs up the TV elements of this, of it feels like a TV thing, looking back at all the other seasons, kind of celebrating the whole yeah, like Iron Man. Magnum PI thing. Totally. The, the franchise. The I, I love that. And uh, I, I think it really, really works for this movie and what this movie is. I don't think it could have worked in, in other MCU movies. It definitely has its issues. Um, but I think the more that I watch it, I would have said before that the third act was egregiously bad. And now that I'm looking at it all, I don't think there's anything egregiously bad about this movie. I think that some of the character choices don't feel in line with how they act in the other movies, like Andy was talking about, War Machine. Uh, like there, There's just some weird calls that they made with that. And even the end of the, the Tony Stark like, giving up his armor and all that stuff, Like you can write your way around that and, and talk about it in different ways and like what he actually meant and all that stuff. But I just feel like... Th- not even talking about just the end, like choices that are made the way Tony Stark acts in certain ways, I feel like isn't backed up by previous or later movies. It kind of just works best in this movie, but I think it works great in this movie. So uh, with that, I think that my least favorite thing is Pepper fighting at the end. Like I sure. don't think that it, it it's built up correctly or, or earned, but the Iron Legion fight is really cool. Um, I think that the Air Force One action scene is one of the most underrated, like not talked about, Uh, action set pieces in the entire MCU. And I think it's because it's in this movie that people seem to really have a chip on their shoulder about. And I I don't really understand why, unless you just don't vibe with the Mandarin twist. And I loved the Mandarin twist. I love Ben Kingsley and him being an actor and all that stuff. And I think that this movie does way more right than it does wrong, even though (laughs) it does a couple things questionable. That scene with him where Taggart comes in and like knocks Tony out and he, and he's like, all right, what'd you tell him? And Ben King is like, nothing. I didn't tell him anything. <laughs> He's like, really? He's like, no, no. After having just told him the entire plot of what was going on, like, obviously, oh, God, dude. I yeah, love he's so it. good. That fucking turn is so good. And his voice he uses, and then for them to back that up in the one shot, like, just real quick, my thoughts on the one shot, I thought it was fucking brilliant. I, I love that in such a short time, they can kind of reintroduce us to characters we're familiar with, and we're talking about the lowest of low tier with Trevor Slattery, right? But, like, giving us more of him in a way that's interesting, them going the extra mile of like shooting all that footage of his old TV show and all that stuff. It like it fleshes out the MCU so much more as like the fun elements of it. But in, on top of that, we get a dope action scene. I didn't expect to get a dope action scene out of this damn short, uh, but it was really cool. And I, I love these one shots and there's more of them too. You can find on Disney plus you have to dig a little bit more, but there's a agent Carter one that's available. Um, it's cool. That originally came with, um, Iron Man 2, I want to say. Uh, so if you have to go into like the extended features or whatever of Iron Man 2, but you can find it. What about um, the Mickey Rourke short? Is there one of those? I have one. There's not one of those. There, there's <laughs> one uh, dealing with Thor uh, with Colt, like the Fury, Fury's mm-hmm. big week and like the um, Agent Coulson stuff that we kind of got in What If last week. Uh, there's like a short that deals with elements of that. Um, but anyways, you, you can dig for them and find them. I just love the idea that Disney Plus is promoting these. There's like a, a fancy logo now that says mm, Marvel One Shot. Cool, so I'm hoping that we get more of these. So they're probably we'll so expensive to make, though. I mean, like, did you see the credits on this? I think they can afford them. Yeah, I know, but like, <laughs> I think compared to like them. compared to what the 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 revenue they're getting out of like 
subscriptions for their TV shows. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't get too much many more of these. I mean, look at the watch the end credits. Like the end credits of a freaking yeah, it's huge. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. Uh, but also, Andy, just to shout out the the end credit sequence for All Hell the King. I love that motion graphics, all the stuff with the rings right. and all that shit. I was like, this is super cool. It was done by I think a studio called the Scarlet Letters, which uh, I saw. That sounds even cooler. that sounds even cooler. Yeah, the Ben Kingsley twist was something that I I think annoyed me a lot more the first time around. And then after a couple of rewatches since then, I am significantly less annoyed by it. And I think I was just I had the expectation of something much bigger and grander at the first time around. And that's why I was a bit more annoyed with it. Um, but this time around, I, I don't know. I feel like it doesn't really I don't think it, in my opinion, no longer makes the movie lesser because of it. Um, I actually kind of think it's neat now because I th- like seeing Ben Kingsley sort of um explore that role a bit more i think just he's so interesting with his line delivery what i think is interesting about it is again it's something tim hit on right of like watching the movie back then versus now i think where i think now you know the fact that even when they did that and and there was an audience uh, that was angry that the mandarin wants to treat it correctly right they said like oh we're planning to get back to it and it was that like all right fucking are you really trying to get back to it right and then to have Shang-Chi now all the way here in 2021 doing it. I think there's uh, uh, more leeway for it. I liked it back then because I didn't have a connection to the Mandarin or anything like that. Yeah, I like either. it throughout. I, you know, the one shot I'm excited to get more of. I think Ben Kingsley is so good at this role. Uh, but then it also goes the same way for Yeah. But then it also goes the same way, right? I think with Tony, where I think I remember, you know, Iron Man 3 watching in theaters and not enjoying it as much because I think to Tim's point, right? It had been a year since the last Marvel movie, right? I was excited for a Marvel movie and excited to see the face played and the, you know, blasters and the repulsors and all this stuff. And, you know, uh, Unibeam. Uh, but then, you know, you didn't get that. And it was like, Oh, okay, well, this is a weird movie to get that way. We hadn't had that expectation yet that Marvel movies could kind of be anything. And so then to get here, right. And have dozens of films since or whatever, I think it's a different uh, bar to be held to. So with that, uh, two cool things. I mean, one thing to understand is that one shot came out that year, right? Like the one shot was a direct response to the reaction to the Mandarin not being the real Mandarin. So like they set that up to be like, no, look, it's out there. The real Mandarin's out there somewhere, which I thought was really cool. Like that's 2013, you know? Um, and then sure, another cool situational thing, right? Of it, like it's buried on a DVD. Extra oh yeah, 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 totally, so totally. Like, All right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just saying it, it's cool that they even then canonically made that that choice and even though sure. people would know it's like they they were taking the the reception they understood what they where they messed up or whatever um but another cool thing that i just learned actually is that uh the post credit scene was going to be totally different in this kevin feige did an interview recently where uh he was being asked uh what what are things that they've never talked about in the past that almost happened but didn't mm. and one of the things the post credit scene was originally meant to have tony stark blasting off into space and was there was going to be like a quick cameo to set up Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, and like there was a comic line where Iron Man and Guardians at that time period were together, yeah. um, so it kind of made sense. But it was scrapped because Robert Downey Jr. Uh, wasn't confirmed to continue the role in the future. Interesting. Uh, so it's like they had a whole bunch of shit. So then they ended up going with the Bruce Banner thing instead. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Like I'm happy they didn't do that. I like where it ended up going instead, but. What could have been? What if? Everybody? What if? What if? Before we get to the plot, though, let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Babbel. When you're traveling to a destination where you don't know the language, it can be challenging to accomplish even the simplest of tasks. Tell me that isn't true. You know, there's one time I remember I was in Bali and I was very overwhelmed, not understanding what was going on. And uh, that could have 
easily been solved if I had Babbel in my life back then. Thankfully, there's Babbel, the number one selling language learning app. Babbel is a travel essential. Greg Miller's been learning a little French here and there so he can better communicate with one Jean-Vierre Saint-Ange Miller. You know what I'm talking about? Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. Pretty cool. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. So that's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use promo code MORNING. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com, code MORNING. Babbel, language for life. Next up, shout out to HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Fall is busy, but HelloFresh recipes save time you'd otherwise spend meal planning, shopping, and shopping so you can get back to what matters. Uh, HelloFresh's family-friendly menu is a big win for back-to-school season with easy, delicious recipes for drama-free dinners. Uh, so many members are kind of funny have been loving HelloFresh, including Kevin Coelho and Paula Coelho. She's a vegetarian. He's not. Guess what? There's options for both. It's great. So much cool stuff. Uh, you can go to HelloFresh.com slash morning14 and use code morning14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash morning14 and use code morning14 for up to 14 free meals. Very cool. Go check that out now. One more time. HelloFresh.com slash morning14 14 and use code morning 14 for up to 14 free meals and free shipping and finally shout out to me undies it's fall y'all replace those hydration stations with pumpkin spice lattes and go out of your way to step on crunchy leaves because the coziest time of the year has arrived i love me undies i'm obviously wearing a me undies shirt right now me undies lounge pants me undies undies and me undies socks because that's the type of life that i live i just love their soft micromodal fabric and i want it all over my body MeUndies, can you make some bomber jackets? Please, I want them very, very bad. Imagine the softest thing you've ever felt. Now imagine that's the thing on your butt. That is MeUndies. They're designed by the country's top softness scientists to be the softest thing you've ever worn, period. It's so true, I can attest. To get 50% off your first order, free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash morning. That's MeUndies.com slash morning to get 15% off and free shipping for first time purchasers. And if you're not satisfied with any product for any reason, they'll refund or exchange it. No caveats, no questions. MeUndies.com slash morning. One more time. MeUndies.com slash morning. Andy? Plot, 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 I just see Kevin Malkit. What? I got into it. I got into it. Let it be. Let it be Because like nobody else yelled it and I just see Kevin go, oh ladies where are you at what's up did greg yell i'm not doing the pot greg can yell yeah but i figured he was still yelling yeah well i mean know your role shut your mouth drop a baton and fuck it up let's remember the number one interview plot person is me. let's unpack this for a second because we all know that when nick does uh the plot that's not the plot song when nick does the plot uh andy so andy dropped the ball no, uh, that's no, just think, the MCU plot song. That's I don't the think MCU Andy dropped song. the ball. I think that I dropped the ball in not telling Andy that I was doing the plot, and so he didn't do the Randy Newman plot song. But Andy, please do the Randy Newman plot song from Pixar in review, and I okay. will gladly take over the plot. Frankly. Okay, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Please tell us the story. Yeah, Nick, tell us the story. Do, 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 do. 
we see all the Iron Man suits explode. A famous man once said, we create our demons. Who said that? What does it even mean? Doesn't matter. I said it because he said it. So now he's famous and it's basically getting said by two well-known guys. I got to start again. Let's track this from the beginning. And Tim, it's yeah. that blue song that all the kids go if crazy I'm lying, about. I'm dying, Nick. There is, <laughs> there is probably, this is probably the moment I marked out for in a theater most that I should more than in game. <laughs> like, like this is one of those things where like, you know, Mjolnir being held by cap like that deserved it. But like Eiffel 65's blue kicking off a Marvel movie for some reason hit me real hard. And it's just perfectly done with like credits and stuff. We get the 1999 burn Switzerland. Tony, of course, we get introduced to Maya um, Hansen here. And hey, guess what? Happy. They're all partying. And Tony is wearing a name tag. that says, you know who I am. And that is boss as shit. Of course, we get the cameo from Jensen here, uh, which is awesome. And if you remember, of course, he's the one from uh, from Iron Man 1 who's like, we met one time, and this is that time they met. So, so cool to see that come mm-hmm. full circle. And, of course, Tony is just a complete dick to him. Thank God Jensen doesn't hold a grudge. Am I right, Andy? Because <laughs> he could have been like this, fuck you, Tony, and then exploded his heart. And like, <laughs> if I see I you in a cave in the future. I will give you any information that we <laughs> Uh, Aldrich Killian rides up the elevator with Tony, pushes the way in, and gives him the hard pitch on aim. And Tony, of course, blows him off. Then he pulls out, let's, you know what? I, I love what you're doing. Let's meet up at the roof in five minutes so I can ditch these people. And of course, that's all so just like to ditch him so he can go spend time with Maya Hansen uh, and talk about her research on Dick regeneration. Man. And then they make out a little bit. Uh, then a plant explodes in the next room and Happy tackles Tony because he thinks it's Y2K, which is hilarious. Still love the and, bolo tie and the mullet. Um, I realized for the first time ever, that he's dressed like Vincent Vega from Pulp Fiction, and it makes a lot of sense, and that is amazing. Uh, everyone downstairs <laughs> Wait, celebrates does the it? Why would it be in a costume? Uh, it's just, just an Easter egg. I think it's just a, hey, that was a thing that a lot of us that had Happy Hogan would think it's there cool. did. Yeah. Uh, and if you look, he's got the same bolo tie that Vincent Vega wore. He's got the same kind of like general and hairstyle. Is it something a lot of people did? It's something that a, a handful you, of cool ever, people did. Did you ever do it? Greg you dress Miller, up cool. <laughs> Nick, did you do this? Right. Were you wearing a bowl I mean, I was, I was, I might have gone as Vincent Vega for a couple Halloweens in a row. Nice. <laughs> that was when I was a kid because I had the, I had the Steven Seagal haircut. You got the stuff. I did have the stuff. Uh, of course, uh, let's see. Everyone downstairs celebrates the ringing in the new year while Killian freezes his ass up upstairs and a grudge is formed. Ooh, so man. sad. Skip four. I think I love that imagery too. I love him just like freezing and you just see it in his face where it's like yeah. resolve. The, the cut where it pans up from, I think it was the elevator or something and reveals him standing there in the cold. It's mm-hmm. just a really like well shot, isolating shot. Very it, cool. Very second that. best performance of Aldrin Kiliich of all time. Second Thank only two. Thank you. Greg Miller yeah. in Marvel's Avengers, Marvel superhero. Lego Marvel. Marvel's Avengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. There's a lot of emoting happening there, too. Uh, skip forward. Now we're in the present. Tony is implanting himself with micro-repeaters. Jarvis, drop my needle. And, of course, a, dro- a dope beat plays. But it's not just a beat, Tim. This is the first This is the first uh, little inkling that this is a Shane Black movie because this is it's a Christmas, Christmas motherfucker. Uh, and of course, this is this starts a fun sequence where Tony starts calling pieces of the Mark 42 suit to him remotely, and it goes well at first, and then immediately comes way too fast, uh, and it all goes to shit. Uh, Tony didn't think things could get any worse. Then, of course, he goes and turns on the TV. That's when he happened. Some people call me a terrorist. I consider okay. myself That's, a teacher. Really it's really good. Yeah. Me? Damn. <laughs> Now, I'm going to tell you guys something right now, Andy. You know that I am expert at doing these plots. And I write them down because unlike Greg Miller, I don't have that, that, that mental state to be aware, able to do this. 
how many times do you think I accidentally typed the Mandalorian instead of the Mandalorian? <laughs> I'm going to guess no less than seven. Okay, so this is number one. Meet the Mandalorian. He's a bounty hunter from Mandalore, and he may or may not have died in a Sarlacc pit 40 years ago to this day. JK, it's the Mandarin, Nick. Is what I wrote mm-hmm. here. Mandarin spelled it out phonetically. Uh-huh. And he's waging war against America and President Ellis, who you all remember, of course, as being death from Bill and Ted's bogus journey. <laughs> so yes, that's how we're that going to refer true. to him from now great, on. Great. <laughs> For me, it's always Shawshank Redemption. Oh, yeah, he wasn't Shawshank. Well, I, I, there's, there's three touchdowns. There's that. There's Bill and Ted's. And then, of course, there's Die Hard 2, where he fights. He, we, the first time we see him, he's doing a fucking kempo and then the nude he's doing like a like kung fu in the nude which is hilarious you're like i didn't need to see his butt or did i kev a couple uh never easter eggs coming tim some easter eggs uh, around this part uh during the flashback party scene tony's wearing a name tag that says you know who i am uh that was robert downey jr's twitter bio for a long time that was just like a fun thing i also just thought it was funny in general um and this scene next time out here the ring on the mandarin's right pinky is the same one that raza wore in iron man one Raza being one of the, the terrorist guys in the Ten Ring cell. Uh, and then in Iron Man 2008, the background flag behind Tony when he's first filmed for Ransom is the same logo and stuff logo, that we see yeah. uh, here with all this stuff. That's so, super cool. Yeah. Uh, President Ellis, of course, has responded to uh, the Mandarin's threats by launching or rather rebranding War Machine into Iron Patriot, uh, which is a reskinned look kind of like Captain America. And I think it's super cool looking. Uh, Rhodey, of course, and Tony meet up for lunch at an Applebee's. And Tony offers to help, but when a kid asks for his autograph, he has a massive anxiety attack. Uh, and the kid leans in and asks him, how did you get out of the wormhole? And, of course, I think in my brain, I'm like, Tony's just, like, hallucinating. Yeah, that, right? he made That's that up. Head. Yeah. But that kid's crayon. freaky. And I wouldn't take any chances. I'd have that kid and his whole family killed. Jesus Christ. Nick Scarpino, let me, let me ask you something. Yeah. That I, I will be shocked if you know the answer to. Mm-hmm. But the answer is going to surprise you. Who is most famously the Iron Patriot in the comics donning that armor. Oh, who is most famously the Iron Patriot? I'm going to go with Jason Reitman, who is uh, Ivan Reitman's kid, who, of course, cameoed in Ghostbusters 2. Of course. The answer, the answer is actually Norman Osborn. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So You're real, close, Nick. Real, real cool storylines there. Do, does his name ever change back to... Day. Like in Civil War, is he still Iron Patriot or is he War Machine after that, right? They call him War Machine again? Oh, Don Cheadle? Yes. Yeah, he goes back to War Machine after this movie. Yeah, but we see him in the Iron Patriot armor in the final endgame battle. Um, Of course, moving right along, he he has an anxiety attack. He has to go outside. Do we? Oh. Is that after he gets this? When Hulk pulls him up, or sorry, Giant Man pulls him up. Yeah, he jumps out and he's in the Iron Patriot armor. I always uh, assumed he just fixed the armor. I never thought, I never actually caught that. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Thanks, of course, when Tony heads outside to get a breath of fresh air, he runs. I love this part. I think oh, this gosh. is one of the coolest parts of the movies. Walks out, and next to all the motorcycles is parked his suit, and it's just it's open. Fucking cool. Yeah. And it's just so dope cool. that he could just leave it open for people to look at because they can't. It's all, of course, we, we're going to learn coded to him. Uh, no one can touch it anyway. So he What do you do if right people in. fucks with it, though? Like, like I, how extreme yeah. is the security on it? I bet you people piss in it all the time. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's made would, to handle that. It's got I would for sure. Over. The thing that I would worry about, though, is, of course, the kid's sticky hand problem, right? Is that kids want to touch everything, and they always have sticky hands. So the worst thing you want to do is you want to get in that suit, and you get a little chafing around, like, 
I don't know, like the 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 butt area or something, because kids, some kid was like, right, that's at their level. That's why I'm saying butt level, because kids are always at butt level, and they're always just touching, 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 and then all of a sudden you're like, what is this a rash or is it raspberry fucking filling from some donut that some mom gave their kid? A little head cannon here. I always assume that it is in a closed state, kind of in like like a landing pose, chilling Mm -hmm. there, and because it can like detect where he's at. Once he approaches it, it like stands up and opens up for him. That's what I always assumed. There's zero, uh, you know, proof of that, but that's no. just but that's you what my head cannon made the up. term head cannon into my lexicon now, and that for I will forever be in your debt. Ever since you mentioned sticky kids' hands and the suit, I've realized we've never seen the suit get washed. We've never seen any sort of cleaning of any of the suits. I have like we have seen it get peed in. Remember, seen it get one. He peed in it in one of the movies he, where he's like, hold right, on a second. Right. And he's like, no, there yeah. it is. No, but I'm just like, I'm just imagining like him kind of like, you know, or either the robots kind of like glossing the part of the suit or like, oh, we got a little dirt from this one mission or whatever. Like you never I, see that process of it. I feel like you one think? of the, he has one of the duns do it, you know? Yeah. Greg Miller. Oh, hey, Greg. I just wanted on, on the record here. I'm watching Endgame two hours and 18 minutes in when this roadie suit comes out. Like I'm justified in not knowing this is the Iron Patriot suit. Because it's not the one. It it's, no, it's got no star. No, no, you're not wrong. This isn't me coming down on you, Tim. I'm just saying there's no star on it, but there is red accents, blue, so, and it's the whole thing's got a filter over it. I, I just want to let put that. Never out there, doubt, right? Tim. If you, no, if you're no, like no. me, you pulled the car oh, over. More How did I fucking miss this? Oh wait, no, it's not that obvious. All right. I just assume Tim's right and I'm wrong. No, no, uh, I never. No, no, this wasn't that Tim was wrong. This isn't. I'm not picking a fight with Timothy Gettys. I'm picking a fight. I'm picking with a fight Kevin with Tim Feige, All right. I Kevin just want to say I agree with uh, with uh, Greg. I think Tim's wrong too. There you go. Uh, over Eddie, where do you fall on this? I'm on the fence. I'm, <laughs> I'm on the fence. On the fence. <laughs> I need more info. I need more data. <laughs> I got to do some more research first. <laughs> over at Stark Industries, Pepper is running the show now. Uh, she has a meeting on the books, of course, with Aldrich Killian, who has had, I mean, I'll be honest with you, the best glow up of all. He's looking good now. And uh, shout out to Guy Pierce for his just amazing, like, kind of slicked back. I would say frosted hair, but not really. Maybe that's his natural hair color. I don't know. Some guys are lucky. Killian pitches Pepper, of course, on Extremis, which harnesses people's biological potential and plugs it into an empty RAM slot in their brain, which tells their mind, or rather their entire DNA, in fact, uh, to redesign itself and upgrade itself. Uh, happy calls Tony to update him on the situation. He's not happy with his Aldridge guy at all, and he and his man Tagger is shifty as shit. And Tony is completely, of course, checked out. He's too busy running the Avengers to care, running with the Avengers to be to care about the day to days of Stark Industry, but reality is having a massive anxiety and all this problem. Greg Miller, kind of funny. Yeah, while we're here, I, Tim, you're the man who knows all the facts about the stuff, and that's the facts. Uh, the question I have for you is: Do you know was Val Kilmer ever like eyed for this role? Like Shane Black, uh-huh. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Robert Downey Jr., Val Kilmer, right? Guy Pierce is fantastic in this role, don't get me wrong, but so often I was like, man, he looks a lot like Val Kilmer. And granted, he's always gotten that in his career, but I was just wondering if that was something that was ever he was approached or anything like that. I didn't see anything about that. Thank you very much. Uh, Kevin, thank back you. to you. Thank you for asking, Craig. Uh, thank you for returning to me. Uh, mm-hmm. Nick, if you will continue with the plot. Holy shit, hold on, hold on. Uh, hold on. Oh, oh. <laughs> Excuse me, Nick, wait, hold. Tim, hold, please go hold ahead. On. Hold on. Um... This we have article. a breaking moment. We have a breaking yeah, moment. We, we do. We do. <laughs> the The plan wasn't always to to go with this for Iron Man three. Uh, let me control. Um, Shane Black wanted Val Kilmer to play not this character, okay. but Al McKenzie, a lesser known Shield agent, uh, in Iron Man three. So that didn't happen. But Greg, intuition. You had something there. 
little tip of the hat. When I smell Shane Black and Robert Downey Jr. getting into some kind of fox den together, I assume Val Kilmer is going to come sniffing around. I don't know why I feel like this is something we mentioned on the first time we reviewed this. I feel like I'm getting kind of like this weird deja vu. I should should have said that at the top. Everybody, we know. We're probably going to uh, repeat things. More than that, we're probably going to hear things and act, and be surprised. Like, and everyone's going to be like, you already knew that. It's like, yeah, things come and go. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like for fun, clip them all out and then tweet it to us. Yeah, that'd be fun. No, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> give me a favor. Clip them all out and send them to Joey Noel. Just no yeah. contact. I love that. I love that. Yeah, Pepper, of course, realizes that Ames' research could be easily weaponized, so she turns Aldridge down. And you know what? He takes it in stride. He says, you know what? That's okay. Uh, like my old poppy used to say, failure is the fog through which we glimpse triumph. And she's like, I don't know what that means. He goes, I don't either. My dad was an idiot. Uh, but then he's like, whatever French people say to say bye to mm-hmm. each other. And then yeah. he leaves. Of course, Happy's still – I mean, and she's kind of taken by him a little bit. And then, But Happy's not. Happy's still very suspicious of this. So he takes a picture of Aldridge's uh, guy's license plate so that he can do some further investigating. Pepper comes home to a massive rabbit outside, and we feel like uh, this is a big personification of uh, Tony overcompensating for all the stuff he's going through, uh, which Pepper, of course, immediately knows because she's like, what the fuck? It's way too big. What's going on? Uh, But, of course, when she comes in, she finds Tony in a suit. Uh, or so she thinks she's very annoyed by it, but in reality, Tony is still, he can't even come out of his workshop to greet her. He has to send one of his suits up, which is very much to her dismay. Uh, She gets across with him, and and he comes clean. He says, listen. And real quick, like, just, I find it very odd that he isn't, like, working on something. He's just doing pull-ups and watching what looks like several videos, you know? Kind of rude. Yeah, very rude. Very rude, I wish he was, like, designing a suit or something that would make more sense of him Mm -hmm. in that moment. I feel like total lost opportunity with the way they handle that. Uh, Of course, uh, this is what I like about this movie right here is, like, instead of Tony skirting around the issue, he comes clean and says, listen, I've been a mess ever since New York, and I don't know how to deal with it. Uh, so he's like, I do the only thing I know how I tinker. I come down here. I can't sleep. I come down here and I tinker uh, because ultimately he's afraid he can't protect the thing he, that's most important to him, which is Pepper. Uh, and she's like, I get that, uh, but you got to you know, you gotta try a little harder for me. I'm going to go upstairs, take a shower, and you're coming with. And he's like, okay. Uh, that night, of course, he has a nightmare about the the wormhole and accidentally calls his suit which ends up attacking pepper and this whole sequence is terrifying uh and pepper's like you gotta get your shit together i'm gonna go sleep downstairs terrifying that- and marked by a very awkward ending like I, I it's always stuck with me but last night I, like we were watching and obviously we've seen him five times or whatever i was saying i, was, I turned to jen i'm like if this happened you wouldn't react that way right like i understand the suit almost got you that sucks She's like, no, I would immediately, we got to get you out of this house. We got to take, we got to, you know, let's help you. And Pepper's like, I'm going downstairs after he just had this like scene right downstairs in the garage breaking out of like, I'm not right. Like I'm not right since New York. But here's the thing. What you got to understand is like, he's been on edge and I'm sure staying up and she's been like, Hey, go to bed. You're staying up too much. And he's like, I'm working on something. I'm doing something. And she doesn't see any progress. So like, I feel like this is something that I can relate to personally. What? I said, who could relate? Who could relate? Yeah, I, I could 100% relate to this. And let me tell you. There's a difference between what you're describing and then like <clears throat> the night before or the morning, whatever, hours before this incident happens, you tell Paula, I have PTSD. I can't. I'm freaking out. I'm falling apart. I'm unwinding. I'm, I'm having a very big mental breakdown right now. See, I you just, I, Kevin, yeah, the robot all yeah. have come up and they start feeding you cookies in the middle of the night. Yeah, Paul's gonna be pissed. All right, understandably so. I was just like, 
here, I'll, the I'll vacuum you, turns on. <laughs> vacuuming the bed. I really think that she's been milk. dealing with stuff like this all the time and telling him to leave the suits, you know, alone. Um, sure, sure. Yeah. I, I, I read this the other way, Greg. I read this like Pepper was kind of shocked and scared and was like, I need to get out of here because the, because if you woke up to a massive Iron Man suit fucking grabbing your arm, I think that would be a little jarring for you. And I think she had that. I had that feeling for her or at least the character of like, this is a moment of self-preservation for me because this has gone too far. I need to take I need to extract myself out of this dangerous situation. And that's, that's fine. I, but. Be a little less rude, right? You're being, say, rude. Like fucking, <laughs> you're being a little rude. She feels all that, and then she jabs Tony rather than like, I know you're having a mental breakdown. Let's get you out of here. Take the things out of your arm right now, and let's yeah. go to the therapist. Like, yeah, I, need to, the I need to leave and, and escape from the situation. I understand you're going through some shit, but I need to leave to, for self-preservation. I don't want my thorax like, crushed. And let, and let me don't say some mean shit to you, because I think as she leaves, what, 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 the, what are the exact words that she says? She says, like... You got a baby dick, and she walks out. Yeah. <laughs> hey, <she's like> <laughs> I, she says, like, cuddle with that or something. I'm certain that... He was like, I'm going to put these things in my arm and it's like, I'll be able to call it with my mind. And she was like, don't. There, yeah. there's I mean, no you can't do that. You can't assume things that didn't I'm positive. Though, like, I get it. You don't get it. You don't get it. You haven't been there. You know what I mean? I think it's back the other way where she, he didn't even tell her. Let's chip Andy. Because no, again, remember, she's like, oh, that's Mark 15. He's like, yeah. And it's Mark 42. Yeah. yeah. Been... Anyway, that night, of course, happy uh, tracks. Uh, Taggart over to meet, or sorry, Savin. I think I keep calling him Taggart. Maybe it's Taggart. I'm getting these wrong. Uh, over to meet uh, over the uh, the Chinese theater over in Hollywood, uh, where he passes off a drug to a former Marine. Happy gets into it with a guy, but his body seems to be regenerating. Uh, and then the action, of course, is interrupted when the Marine explodes, putting Happy down for the count. Uh, the last thing he sees is, I, I'm going to say, I think the character's name is Savin. He's like the, the mini boss uh, crawling out of the fire and he regenerates as he walks away. And Happy kind of takes his last kind of moment of consciousness to point over to something, but we don't quite know what. Uh, that night on the news, the Mandarin takes responsibility for the attack at the Chinese theater. Uh, the following morning, Tony, morning, Tony visits Happy in the... Uh, uh, the hospital, and when the nurse is like, uh, "Should I turn the TV off?" I was like, "No, no, to put on uh, Downton Abbey for him. It's his favorite show." And then we get, of course, that that payoff for that joke a little bit later. Uh, when he walks out of the hospital, of course, he's mobbed by the press, and one of the reporters asks, "Hey, Tony, when is somebody just going to kill this guy?" So I'd be like, "You're." A member of the Associated Press. He's just a dude with a cell phone. He's not a reporter. Like, where did you go to school? What crackpot university trained you? Was it Mizzou? Wow. Clearly not a journalist. Exactly. Anyway, this guy's some member of the fucking paparazzi who's trying to sell us the TMZ. And he's like, when is this guy when is somebody gonna kill this guy, Tony? Of course, Tony takes this, and this is the this is the push he needed to deliver a personal message to the Mandalorian. I know you're a coward, so I decided to just you just died, pal. I'm gonna come get the body. There's no politics here, it's just good old-fashioned revenge. There's no Pentagon, it's just you and me. And on the off chance you're a man, here's my address. 1080 or 10880 Malibu Point 90 and he gives him the zip code 90265 like the guy couldn't look it up I'll leave the door unlocked and then of course Tony goes to work that night with Jarvis and recreates the crime scene of the last bombing and he reminds him I love having Jarvis back like this is one of yeah. the things that the rewatch just like gives you so much because like you forget that there was a time that Tony's armor didn't just magically appear around him you mm -hmm. know like from the nanotech stuff and then Jarvis wasn't vision like it's just it's so cool I, I love it, it to me it was so so weird to be like oh shit look at vision being imprisoned in there you know <laughs> 
<laughs> he must hate Tony Stark. I, I also do love how they, when we get that moment of, um, I forget, I already forgot her name, walking up to the door and him having that freak out moment. What the fuck? I thought security. What's up with security? Aren't we supposed to a full lockdown right now? Like, I love that moment of kind of like all of this places like we're we're under threat right now. There could be terrorists on the way. What are we doing, Jarvis? And then, you know, Jarvis. It's also like, the ridiculous lab, thing, of, bro, like, you know, uh, like it, it's such a reveal of what Tony Stark's address is. Like not everyone in the world would know yeah. exactly where the fuck Tony Stark lives. Yeah, I know. That's Iron funny, Man's but... flying out. There'd be there'd be paparazzi around him all the time. But when you think about like the invite, right? I love that line too. He's like, I thought we were supposed to be on lockdown. I gave a terrorist my home address. Basically being like, I invited a terrorist over to come fuck sure. with me. Like we got to We got to be a little bit more. Uh, of course, this is the part where he figures out that uh, Happy's last used his last little bit of energy to point to the dog tags. Uh, when he like spots Mr. that, he's going to name Taggart. And he cross-references heat signatures similar to the bombs. It finds a soldier who blew up uh, in Tennessee. So he's like, cool, let's fly to, let's let's chart a flight path there. And then, of course, is where Maya rings the doorbell. Tony pretends, of course, at first he doesn't know Maya. When Papa comes down, Pepper comes Papa. down. Like, Papa. Pepper comes down. She's John like, Papa who are you? comes and, down, uh, blown on the harmonica. <laughs> Tony's like, he's uh, Wait, Sorry, sorry, Nick, go back there a second. You said that the – why did they chart the course to Tennessee? Because he, uh, he was. They said this is the heat signature for the bomb, and he said he's like pull up similar heat signatures over the last like two years that you could find. One of them was Tennessee, and it just so happened that it involved a marine's death. And so gotcha, he thought, yeah, okay. oh, dog tags, another marine. There's got to be a connection here. So let's go investigate that. I t somehow totally missed that, and then later when he ends up in Tennessee, it felt extremely random. So that, that no, it's happy. because no, yeah, the yeah. last thing he told Jarvis to do before all this shit went down was chart a flight course. Jarvis is like, "I'll charting a flighting course," sir. and then of course he gets all fucked up in the Mark Forty Two suit. Yeah, cool. That's the last thing he remembers. That's why Tony ends up there. Yeah, which is uh, I think that works. Uh, of course, cool. he, Tony pretends not to know Maya, but when Pepper asks who he is, he goes, "That's Doctor Maya Hansen. We're old friends. We go way back." And she goes, "Oh, you're just messing with me. Always, always." You know, always Tony. Uh, Maya sees. Then we get a great beat here where Pepper and Tony start arguing. And Pepper's like, we got to go. We got to get. And this is, this is the part where she's like, we need to get the fuck out of this place, this house. And Maya's like, hey, uh, she sees the news coverage. She's like, should we be concerned about this? And there's just a missile coming toward them. And it hits them approximately three seconds later uh, and explodes everything. Which it, it's funny because like because uh, it wouldn't make sense for the movie. They had to like edit it because like news is always like 30 seconds delayed. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's like one of those things it's that like the missiles like right out, right outside. Yeah, yeah. That would hit them approximately twenty seconds before she figured it out. But it's it's cool, and we get the. She will be. Yeah, <laughs> we get the sequence, of course, with Tony thinks fast and he orders the Mark Forty Two armor to surround Pepper to protect her. Uh, Maya's knocked out in the blast. The roof caves in, and Pepper uh, comes to save Tony's butt. She goes, "I got you." And Tony says, "I got you first. Uh, Pepper gets clear of the structure, uh, and Jarvis lets uh, Tony know that says, Pepper is clear. Miss Potts is clear of the structure, so he calls the, uh, the Mark Forty Two armor back to him as a bunch of helicopters open up on the house. Uh, but the suit is only a prototype and not combat ready, so it has to improvise. He blasts the piano at the first chopper and then throws one of his little arm missiles at the second one. But the third one manages to bring down the entire house. Uh, Fantastic Tony. scene. This entire thing, I love it. I think that the pacing is so good. And like oftentimes with these type of movies, it, it really just kind of feels like CG destruction for destruction's sake. I really feel like they did a good job of shooting this and kind of like the way that the camera is moving us through all the action, like really kind of shows us like his house is, is that we know is gone. And like, here's how it's all dealing with it. And like, it, it reminds me more of the scene from Homecoming where Tom Holland is like, 
under the the rubble where it's like mm. yeah this isn't just fucking like pillows flying around and stuff there's there's like actual danger here and, and some some stakes even though this guy's fucking iron man yeah. yeah it's painful right and you do fear for him even whatever when the rebar wraps around his neck and pulls him underwater right like you're I, water, every, that's always a gruesome scene i feel you're yeah. seeing the water fill his helmet up too that's the one yeah. that gets yeah. me where he's like i'm gonna drown in this fucking suit um, uh real quick i i i'm bringing up now because i didn't say this earlier i hate the like weird poses that he does to get the iron man suit on him also so why stupid. is it that like it was able to get on pepper even though she doesn't have as far as Tony directed any of them. he did the crane stance or whatever and that's right. that's that's something yeah. he taught i think those look so stupid and it's such a uh uh rdj Genius. thing all the little suit pieces are like uh, uh crane stance crane stance Go to go to Pepper this time. Go leopard stance. Give me him. give me snow leopard. Snow yeah. leopard. Like, <laughs> so the 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 poses he does are of a specific martial art, and uh, he in real life it was training at this time to get his black belt in it. Which is cool I think it's shit. also the same stuff that he used uh, in Sherlock, right? Or in uh, it Sherlock was Holmes. yeah yeah exactly because he has that same, same style. There's, style. There's a moment where he walks up. He's like wushu or something. He walks up to uh, that like more traditional like punching doll thing that they use. It's like a, like it looks like a oh yeah it's like, it's, like, yeah, grrr, grrr, grrr. it's really cool looking. Um, yeah, I think he, he just does it well. Uh, of course, he, he gets pinned to the bottom. Jarvis says, uh, sure, take a deep breath. And then one of his hands uh, fall, like, shoots out and then grabs him and pulls him out of the so rubble. Cool. And then skyrockets him in, into the air as uh, Savin and the rest of the goons in that third helicopter take off in the opposite direction. Uh, Tony wakes up as the suit is about to crash land five miles outside of Roseville, Tennessee. And he's like, what the heck are we doing here? And Jarvis, of course, is like, sir, I think I'm having a malfunction. I think I have to sleep now. Uh, and Tony uh, ends up getting like exiting the suit. And he's like, oh, shit, I got to go back into the suit. It's a little brisk out here. Uh, but then Jarvis kind of dies for a hot second. And Tony's like, don't leave me, buddy. And it's kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, no, I think I, I need to go to sleep. Do, you, like, do we think the sleep, suit yeah. dried him off while it was flying over to Tennessee? Yeah, because you have to feel like there's a couple holes in it, right? So right, you get like right. a nice cool I mean, it, it must have been. To He's get still the water moist out. when he comes out. I just, you know, that's not sweat. Oh, I think it could be. No, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not. I'm not here to tell you why Tony Stark's uh, the, moist. I'm just letting yeah. you know Tony Stark is moist. The best moisture, <laughs> the best mixture of moisture, Andy, of course, is a mixture of sweat and seawater. Mm-hmm. And oh, you know, I didn't know one, that. Yeah, that's that's the best moist. I was uh, aware. Let's see. Uh, Tony, of course, has to drag the suit over to the liquor store where he finds a poncho that he puts on. And then he finds an old abandoned uh, – or not abandoned barn. A barn that he breaks into, but it is inhabited by a kid who has a potato gun. But when the kid realizes that it's Tony Stark – I love this whole sequence. He's like – he was like, I don't think you're going to have the velocity to do any damage. And the kid fires off the round and, like, breaks a glass. And the kid's like, see, and he does. And he goes, yeah, but now you're out of ammo. Tony, like, outsmarted him, of course. Uh, when the kid realizes he's Tony Stark, he flips – Says, is that the Iron Man suit? Tony says, of course, technically, I am I'm Iron Man. And then the kid says, technically, you're dead, and hands him a newspaper that has that says so much. Uh, Why does the kid have a newspaper? You know what this I mean? Kid's this kid's smart, man. This kid's a scientist. No, this he's kid not is the next Iron Man. I don't care how smart a kid is. They're not reading the newspaper. And no kid's going to respond the in, in the way that a writer wrote for him with... Well, word is it, you're dead. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, no kid would say that. Turns the newspaper, like, you're dead. <laughs> you don't think a young, you don't think a young seven foot four Greg Miller would have done this. He would have pulled this shit off. I like how he gets taller as he gets younger. Uh, I think I get shorter as I get older. But anyway, it doesn't it's matter. Uh, he goes, hey, who's home? And the kid goes, well, mom already left for the diner, and dad went to 7-Eleven to get scratchers. And I guess he won, because that was six years ago. And Tony doesn't miss a beat. He goes, which happens? Dad's leave. No need to be a pussy about it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's fucking mean. He's so course, mean to this kid. Ex- and it's 
I was going to say, you're expecting the tiniest bit of sympathy. No, no. No need to be a pussy about it. For someone who also lost his parents, you know yeah. what I mean? Or a lot, at least, like, you know, this kid hasn't lost both his parents, but instead he doubles down and is relentless about it. Oh, he's brutal about it. But it's, it's great because it sets that relationship yeah. up, right? And the way the kid yeah. doesn't crumble on it, then we're along for the ride. They're giving exactly. each other shit. They're having fun. And of course, he recognizes that this kid is obviously hyper smart because he reads the newspaper. So that's, that's all the setup you need. Uh, Tony makes a deal with the kid. He's like, I'm going to give you this. Uh, thing this this weapon this pinata i think is what they called it to fend off bullies in exchange for a laptop a digital watch a cell phone a pneumatic actuator a map of the town a big spring and a tuna fish sandwich and when the kid agrees tony finishes with a fantastic statement where he goes you know what keeps going through my head where's my sandwich <laughs> back at home pepper gets the message tony left her on the stark secure server and she's happy that he's still alive on the drive home pepper grills maya about why she came to visit tony turns out her boss works for the mandalorian and his name is aldridge yep. killian and she's like oh no we catch up with Killian, who's running a full-on terrorist hideout, complete with cameras for the master to deliver his message to the world. Uh, Harley, who is the kid's name that I didn't even know until I, I watched this the third time, takes Tony over to the bomb site where Chad Davis blew himself up. Six people died, but only five shadows burned into the Chad wall. And, and, and Tony starts to kind of put two and two together here. He's like, you know what? Uh, what the, uh, the kid goes, you know what the center of this crater reminds me of? And Tony starts freaking out because he knows exactly where this kid's going. And he says, the giant wormhole in New York. And Tony's like, stop talking about this. And Tony goes, does that subject make you edgy? And the kid goes, does the subject make you edgy? Do you have, do you have to, do you have medication? Do you need to be on it? Do you have PTSD? And at this point, I'd be like, this is why can't be around kids, right? I, yeah. do, I drink way too much caffeine around these little What things. I would have done, give me the Iron Man helmet, kid, put it on, headbutt him, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> damn, shut up. Yeah. yeah. I know I you guys before... all know this, but in case somebody watching doesn't know, uh, this kid is in the funeral scene at the yeah. end of Endgame. That's he's cool. older forget. Um, you know what I mean? He's seven feet tall. Uh, I appreciate before the freak out moment, the conversation they have where Tony does some of the detective deducing, right? Of like, wait, wait, f six people blew up. There's only five shadows or maybe it's four shadows and five. doesn't matter. Uh, he's like, yeah, well, you know, they say those are the, you know, the things that would send him to heaven or whatever. And so the guy who blew up, he went to hell. So he doesn't get one. I'm like, that's fucking deep and cool. And I like, and I like the Tony thing. You buying that? You know what I mean? Yeah, he's there. World's greatest detective is. It's always said in the comics. Exactly, exactly. The Nick, is that really? Did I actually say that? No, it's Batman. They're talking. They say Batman's world's greatest detective. Mm, got it. You'll see it in the Batman coming up when Robin Pattinson does it. He'll Robin Pattinson. <laughs> 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 you excited oh for the dome, Greg? The fan I, I Instagram YouTube? messaged you about the dome. That's how excited I. Oh, did you, you? check your Instagram messages? I, I said we got to get me back in the dome. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I got to bring my my firstborn child to the dome. <laughs> exactly. Maybe maybe it could be birthed in the dome. No maybe children allowed. No children allowed. Greg. No children allowed in the dome. But uh, Zach Snyder facts. will make Zach Snyder will make an exception for you. Greg. Thank you. Thank you. Some more facts I have for you guys here. Uh, these are all about tattoos. Uh, the Mandarin bears the tattoo on his back of his neck. Uh, that's Captain America's shield with the anarchist A. Uh, we see it a little bit in the movie, but we definitely see it in the one shot. Uh, the whole thing kind of starts on it. And then uh, the dragon tattoos on Aldrich Killian's chest are of another Iron Man villain, Fin Fang Foom, uh, who we saw as graffiti in Iron Man 1, on a, which is a big dragon dude, obviously. Yeah, that's how that goes. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, it's a blink if you miss it thing, but it's there. If you know it's there, it's there. I, yeah, and there's also, it doesn't matter. I'm going to keep that. Never mind. <laughs> what <laughs> you ex you evacuated on your thought so quickly there Kevin. well because i was thinking about it before and i was like it'll be fine because it's like trailers and stuff but it's it like we should just leave it oh i see what you're saying oh you spoiling oh, something 
It's there's stuff that it's, this is a fun thing. Can't wait for you guys to see. Yeah, they're rumors. They're Nick, rumors. back to the plot. Back to the plot. Uh, Harley tells uh, Tony says, "Hey, where's uh, Chad's family? Is his mom around?" And Harley's like, "Yeah, she's where she always is, which is the bar." Uh, so Tony goes over there, but he runs into Brant, who has scars on her face and is definitely like up to something no good. You're like, "Oh, good, good feeling from this person." Uh, and maybe uh, Tony meets up with Mrs. Davis. She gives him a confidential file, which means she's clearly waiting for someone else. He's like, "I don't think you're waiting for me because I just found out about you right now." When he looks at the file, of course, he sees the uh, a page that he doesn't know is upside down. It says MIA, which of course is a term you would say uh, you would use for us soldier is missing in action so we don't think anything of it of course if you're tim gettys you're like that's aim for sure we put two advanced idea mechanics we know it well from mm-hmm. marvel's avengers available now at a discounted price of 40 dollars. go play uh, black panther the free expansion everybody. i thought you were gonna don't say 7.99 or something please please <laughs> no, go play it like that, that is more. a cool thing that i i appreciate about the mcu as a whole is like obviously the whole universe is great and it all adds on each other and stuff but within each franchise there's kind of like the different worlds where happy is very much an iron man character so him showing up in the spider-man movies it's like those movies kind of now feel like semi-sequels to iron man right uh but what's cool is iron man has always kind of been building things that we now see in different ways whether it's the 10 rings or they mentioned like the rocks on oil facility and all that stuff aim being brought up here it's like this is all stuff that like we haven't seen much of in the mcu but we will one day you got to imagine with modok and aim and all that stuff at some point will happen and rocks on and loki we saw in a lot of the the futures that fucked up like the walmart thing they're at was rocks cart and all that stuff and that's from the oil facility at the end of this movie Oh, that's cool. Uh, let's see. He, uh, of course, uh, tells Mrs. Davis, is like, listen, I think I'm putting two to two together here. Uh, your son didn't kill anyone. He was used. He was used as a weapon. And she's like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. But, of course, Brant interrupts and uh, beats Tony's oh, ass and handcuffs cool. him. Uh, when the local sheriff intervenes, Brant pops a hole in his gut with a fire hand. And Tony takes off across the street and then, of course, runs through the, the window or smashes through the window of the diner, still handcuffed. Brant catches up to him immediately, and this scene's terrifying because she's like, everywhere he looks, she's just there. She moves super fast and beats his ass. But then Tony thinks uh, fast and tries to strangle her with the handcuffs, or so she thinks, so she heats up her neck, and uh, in reality, it helps break the cuffs. And then Tony uh, sets a bomb, does the old turn the gas on and turn, crank up the microwave. Man, of course. what how a many, smart thinker. How many 80s the movies The world's greatest detective, everybody, Tony Stark. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh... And he says, you walked right into this one. I've dated hotter chicks than you. And, of course, she claps back. She says, that's all you got? Cheap trick and a cheesy one-liner? And he says, that could be the name of my autobiography. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I and love it. And with that, the whole place explodes. Uh, Tony, of course, narrowly escapes. I think using the door from an ice maker. <laughs> just, like, to, like, shelter him. So I'm like, I don't know if that would work. I was hoping there would be he some just kind watched. of Captain America joke, you know? Indiana Jones, you know? Yeah, Indiana He's like, he yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, I, didn't, I didn't hear that great. So I just, um, let's just address this real quick. I got to. Got a slack from Greg Miller that says, start laughing at my jokes or else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I'm over here. I'm fucking pitching a perfect game. Andy's over there. Fucking Joaquin Phoenix and Gladiator. Yeah. Thumbs you down. Not, pitching man. a perfect game. Yeah, dude. I'm looking at the live chat game. over here. Jay Pimento saying I'm having the lifetime game of the world. <laughs> Greg Miller brought up. Epstein out of nowhere, yeah. and then less yeah. than two minutes later, changed it to Einstein. <laughs> like yeah. I just want that known. It's like there was a was train. Like, and those are on. Unre- those are not related. Those are not related. Okay, All unrelated. Right. But then, then why did they happen? Still said in the same breath. Still <laughs> yeah, featured exactly. within a sentence of each other. One Epstein and Einstein, which are just two diametrically right opposed opposites. A lot opposites. of uh, work to be this good at podcasting. It does Angel. take I'm a lot. Here and I'm ready to go, work. and I gotta pee. Uh, go pee. I'll keep reading the plot. Uh, 
with that, the whole place explodes. Uh, of course, Tony thinks he's out of uh, out of danger, but he's not. Uh, Savin uh, just drops a whole water tower on him and pins his leg to the ground. And then, of course, he brings over Harley, who he has uh, who he has his kept hostage. He says, and then uh, Tony looks at him and says, "Remember what I said about bullies?" Harley realizes, ah, "I've got the cool thing that you gave me." He uses it to blind Taggart, uh, and then and then Tony says, "The one thing about us smart guys, we always cover our asses." And we see that, of course, Tony's used all the things he asked for the kid to give him to make a little makeshift blaster that he uses to, to, to blast the dude's face off. Uh, over on the other side of town, he steals Brant's car and tells the kid goodbye. And the kid's like, just looking for a, just a little monicum of, of like sympathy and or, uh, you know, a good job, which, uh, which Tony eventually relents, but not before saying, um, he's like, you're going to leave me here. Uh, <laughs> the kid goes, you're going to leave me here out in the cold just like my dad did. And Tony's like, hey, it happens. And the kid's like, I'm cool. And he goes, yeah, nice try. He goes, I, I know you're bullshitting. You know how I can tell? Because we're so connected. And then he just drives off. <laughs> it's so fucked up. I do want to point out that also that um, that mini boss that you mentioned earlier, Cold Blood, which is like the character's name or whatever. Oh, cool. James Badge Dale, um, also notably in the 2006 best film, The Departed. So let's just point that out. Real That's quick. right. He was oh, he was one of the fifteen people that double crossed each other while Alec Baldwin was bumping into shit in the fucking. It's a good movie, Nick. I don't. Why do you refuse container. to enjoy a good movie? It's movies? just so sweaty, and it's just <laughs> you know life sweaty. Like a child. I'm sitting life here sweaty right now. Life you know what I mean? Sweaty. I'm cool. Nick, I know I know you already addressed this kind of, but I was a little confused because I didn't know who Taggart was. So the character you're talking about is Savin. Savin. Yes. Tiger was the the guy that blew up the Chinese. Tiger was first, the guy that yeah. blew up the Chinese. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mixed those two up. I think hey, right, nice. uh, the Mandalorian delivers a message to the president. He's holding a high-end hostage and will kill him unless the president answers his cell phone. He's like, how did I get the number for your cell phone? That's the big question, of course. Uh, they're just using that as a tracker, I think, to figure out where the president is so they can send over the Iron Patriot uh, outfit eventually. I don't know. Uh, Mandarin kills the guy anyway, uh, and this is why we don't negotiate with terrorists. I mean, they know, uh, where, they know where the president is. He's in Air Force One. I think it's just more the fact that, like, how could they get on the most secure phone in the world? You know? Right. I guess it's that. Way. And it's just because yeah. yesterday the vice president was like, hey, can I borrow your phone for a second? I want to take a selfie. And he's like, doo doo dee poop in the Mandarin's number. You know what I mean? You say Cold Blood is the name of the character? Cold Blood, yeah, but you don't have to call him that. I'm going to call him that now because I think I'm mispronouncing Savin anyway. Wakes up and Tony figures out that the files Mrs. Davis gave him say AIM, not MIA. So he calls Iron Patriot. He calls up Rhodey. He's like, dude. Did AIM, uh, did the, AIM did that redesign, right, for your suit? And he's like, I need your login. And we got a funny little beat here where he's like, War Machine rocks with an X is the password. And and then people laugh at him. The people he's he's trying to track down for the Mandalorian are laughing at him. Uh, Tony <laughs> sneaks into a Channel 5 news van, and we see Stan Lee, a cameo, judging a beauty contest, uh, contest. If we can inside. time out, sorry, you're moving real good fast, and I like that. Uh, this is, again, the, I think I talked about uh, in the very initial thing where I was like, yeah, there are weird scenes or whatever, and I called out like uh, how they use uh, the botanist. I forget her name, character name. Uh, mm-hmm. But this is definitely one of the roadie scenes where I'm like, huh? Like where it's like, you know what I mean? Because like, it is this thing that they're playing for laughs of him busting into these places, right? In a foreign country as Iron Patriot in name of America, yada, yada. But I don't feel they ever come back enough to nail him for it or make fun of us doing that. And then they do it again yeah. even, right? Well, then he gets burned or whatever. But it's like at some point it should be brought up that we're just, you know, that the American military Iron Patriot is just busting into all these people's homes. I bad Infiltrating, yeah, Middle yeah. Eastern areas. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, he does have that one. He does have a line where he's like, 
every like all the women that are in the sweatshop are like super happy to see him and he's he's confused as to if he's yeah, doing yeah, the right you're thing free if you weren't free if before you weren't free before yeah. i'm not quite sure uh, of course that goes bad bad on him real quick but we're, we're not quite there yet uh let's see gary interrupts tony and he's a super fan and this is an awkward weird scene but i kind of think it's hilarious because like i don't know if you can tell but i've patterned my whole look after tony and even has a tony tattoo uh on, on his arm uh tony hacks into aim and figures out that all of Killian's soldiers have been severely injured in battle, um, uh, most of whom have lost limbs, uh, and Project Extremists helped them regenerate limbs, but it also killed some of them by making them explode. And then he goes, the bomb's not a bomb, it's a misfire. Uh, it's faulty, but you found a buyer, didn't you? You sold it to the Mandalorian. That's super, My- or that's super fan, by the way. I, you know, I thought he was going to have a lot more of a promising career. It, it just seemed like in that in that time frame, he was popping up and stuff. I was like, oh, this yeah. guy's going to be another Seth Rogen type. And he just, I think his career may have ended here, actually. As I the never saw him again. Tony Stark super fan. Yeah. Great very sad stuff. I like what he's like, Andy. He does the thing where he's like, he's like, I, I don't know if you can tell, but I've had my whole look after you, but I, I didn't, like, don't judge me on my hair. It's not style. Yeah. It doesn't have product in it. It's a good line. <laughs> it's <funny. laughs> Uh, Maya tells Pepper over in a hotel room that a story about Werner von Braun, and she's like, you know what Werner von Braun said when the when the when the first missile hit London, the the missile performed perfectly. It just landed on the wrong planet, and it's like, wow. So this is a kind of an analogy here for how science can get corrupted by by mistakes and all these things, and like you know, obviously that's she's t- talking about herself and how she uh, got involved with Killian. Uh, she started ideal idealistically, but you know it all got corrupted. Anyway, Killian interrupts, of course, by knocking on the door and snapping a room service dude's neck. And I'm like, dude, that guy was just trying to deliver some French fries, man. You couldn't just let him go. Like, what the hell? Yeah, and then Maya shows her true colors. She's like, I had it all. I was I was fixing it all, and you were interrupting me, and it's annoying. Uh, and and then I'll just like, well, now we've got some um, some incentive for Tony to help us out because Tony's the only person it turns out that can help iron out the kinks and extremists because he almost did it back in the hotel room in 1999 when he was hammered on some of that Don Perignon. Uh, Iron Patriot tries to to zero in on the signal from Mandarin and ends up getting ambushed by one of Killian's God soldiers. God bless you, Nick. What's that? God bless. I just want to let you know, every single time you've said Mandalorian, it's at least made me smile. Good. You saying the Don Perignon that way made me happy as well. Uh, it's good. Thank it's you, good. Thank you're you're, you're, you're yeah. doing real well. Kevin yeah. Hates yeah. Andy, show some goddamn respect. Maybe Greg's right. Okay. Right? How about Andy Cortez? <laughs> I could it just muster Andy, a fucking uh, yeah. like a giggle. Oh man, I went to Texas Maybe? a couple weeks ago. Mm, poo poo your Andy, California okay? humor. Like, do you still have joy in your life? I, I I'm I'm currently um I'm currently brainstorming something else that I've been asked to do. So. <laughs> Oh, okay. Just, yeah, just now, uh, Andy. Can I take a wild guess without 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 spoiling anything? Did Greg slack you to do something else right now? And now he's throwing you under the bus because thousand percent, one thousand percent. I did not. Uh, nothing I slacked you was a to do. This is I like to. Uh, uh, to uh, Nick, do you remember <laughs> Nick? You remember pop up video? Do you remember yeah. pop up video of from VH1? Of course, I remember. I know that video. we're doing this in review again, so I like to do some pop up video for Andy. Where I give him little things to keep him entertained on Slack. It's easy. There's no action item. It's just good to know, like when you're watching a pop-up video. I totally, I mean, Greg, you're not wrong. Andy, is he threatening you? You're not right. You can tell us if he's threatening you. I I may have had a misunderstanding here. So every once in a while, whenever there's a segment that gets brought up or needs to be made or something is just thought of on the spot, Tim will message me or Greg will message me, hey, think of a plot song for blah, or think of a theme song for blah, 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 whatever the segment's called that they're just creating right there in that Mm -hmm. moment. Greg messaged me, if you have the 
I want to see some ass song in your head. It pairs well with the episode of with this episode of in review. I thought he wanted me to make a theme song for a segment called I want to see some ass. There was a misunderstanding here. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I would like to. Un- I, I mean, I would like to actually uh, put it out on the table that you continue that theme song because I would like to hear the I want it. Oh, you gotta go on TikTok. That song's everywhere. All right, cool. Okay. I just want to hear Andy's. Uh, just in the, it's in my head right now. You know what I mean? Like that's the yeah. soundtrack to this. Sing a little, yeah, sing a couple licks for me, so I know. Ladies and gentlemen, about. do me a favor. If you're at home right now, if you're in the car, all right, uh, put, pull, get out your second phone. Ask for your wife's phone. Ask for your husband's phone. Ask for your partner's phone. And you go on there and go to Spotify and put. I want to see some ass. Play that song while Nick continues and tell me this is not a great pairing. Go, Nick. Uh, Tony calls Harley for an update. Jarvis has tracked the Mandarin signal to Florida, to a mansion in Florida, but the suit isn't charged properly, so it might not work. Uh, and that causes Tony to have another panic attack. Uh, Harley talks him down. He says, you're a mechanic, right? Why don't you just build something? And then Tony realizes, oh my God, I have the power in me. I am Iron Man. And he goes, you know what? You're right. So he snaps out of it. And he's like, I don't need a suit. Everything he I looks need- up and he goes, how about that? Oh, how about that? <laughs> it's all right here. Nick, point to your head. That's what I wrote here. To overcome the Mandarin and his forces, Tony heads to a hardware store and buys a bunch of fertilizer and chemicals, wearing a hood and some sunglasses like the Unabomber. Is that the smartest thing to do? I don't know. Apparently, that's uh, that's okay to do. Uh, he makes a bunch of cool gadgets and sneaks over into the mansion in Florida. Uh, my favorite is the Christmas ball grenade that he makes. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a famous. That's a good one. Tony sneaks Nick, upstairs. Yeah. This is a question for you uh, for everybody, but I feel like you'll have the answer. Have we seen this mansion before in movies? <laughs> Like, I feel like the, this is a set piece that has been used in other things. But The only thing I can think of is potentially parts of it used for Bad Boys 2, but I'm not quite sure. Was this sounds sure. right. Too Fast, Too Furious? It might have been Too Fast, Too Furious, actually. Some of the comments really let me know. I, I couldn't find anything to corroborate this, but it just it does looks look so familiar. familiar. Yeah. Also, Nick, you're aware that the Mike Lowry skin is available now in Fortnite, right? From Bad yeah, uh, yeah, you know, as I as I told my official word on that, Greg, is that I am uh, I'm boycotting that okay. because, of course, uh, the Mike Lowry skin is uh, I, I'm boycotting it until they get the Marcus uh, Burnett skin in there. Of course, gotcha. Fair and you'll understand this is another one of the tall agendas uh, that I don't respect. I don't understand why they have to always do the tall character and they can't give us the little short character. Such bullshit. It's bullshit. Makes sense. Makes sense. Thank you. Thank you, Nick, for your. Well, nobody insights. wants to be a huge fucking loser, so why yeah. would anybody want to be one of these smallies? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a short loser. Yeah, I know. What the fuck? Uh, let's see. Tony sneaks up into the room, uh, and, and this is where it gets all crazy. He sees all the set pieces from the Mandarin's uh, 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 videos, and then when he walks in, he sees a figure in the bed. When he pulls back the sheets, of course, it is two women. Uh, they are not the Mandarin. And then the toilet flushes behind him, and and, and the, we get the best scene of any twist ever in a Marvel movie where Ben Kingsley just comes out as Trevor Slattery, and he is fucking great. He is just fantastic in this. I can't imagine. I get if you're a huge Mandarin fan, you're a huge Iron Man fan, how this might how this might have ruffled your feathers. But come on, you got to give it to Ben Kingsley's performance here because he's just out there having a great time hamming it up. Turns you have out to imagine Mandarin. most MCU fans weren't big Mandalorian fans, right? Because so. like I, mean, I when this happened, I was like, oh, that's a fun twist. That's fun. Yeah. They got me on. They they got me confused. I don't know what's gonna happen next. Uh, turns out the Mandarin is just an actor hired by Aldrich, Kitchen, uh, Aldrich Killian, Trevor. Uh, hey, it turns out I had a little problem with substances and did some stuff in the streets that no man should have to do. And then <laughs> so they promised to get you, get, get you off the drugs. No, they, promise like, no, 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 they promised to give you more drugs. <laughs> yeah, they give me a nice little speedboat and all that stuff. And then uh, Trevor nods off and he's like, are you sleeping? <laughs> he's like, what? Oh, yeah. Uh, he tells him Killian created the Mandarin. He's like, he thinks it up in his little think tank. Uh, and Tony tells him he's going to go down. He's like, you're going to go down for this. But then Cold Blood interrupts and knocks him out. 
And then he looks over at, at, at uh, Trevor and he goes, what'd you tell him? And he goes, I, I didn't tell him anything. And he goes, nothing? And then Trevor thinks about it for a second. No, no, nothing. <laughs> this is such a perfect... Ten out of ten. He's like, he's like I, pa- I panicked, but then I got it together. Like, yeah, he's like, I panicked, and then I handled it. Like, he's like, yeah, he, he's like, why did, why did you hit the panic button? He goes, well, I panicked, and then I handle it. And he cracks a beer and starts drinking it. Tony wakes up zip tied to a bed frame. Uh, Maya, of, of course, is there. She's like, I want to help. I, I want help fixing extremists. It can still be something good. But Tony turns her down. Says, you, ha- you used to have morals. I get to wake up every morning to someone who has a soul. That's where I'm at. And Killian comes in. And thanks, Tony. He's like, listen, man, I owe you a big old thanks for you giving me the biggest gift anyone's ever given me. Desperation. Killian went to a dark place that night. Tony ditched him on the roof and thought about uh, jumping off. But then he was like, I actually have something great. I have anonymity. And that's where the idea for the Mandarin came up. Killian shows uh, Tony, of course, a live feed of Pepper, uh, who has been given extremists and is now uh, like pulsating with the fire. And we don't know if it's going to take or if uh, uh, if. If Tony's going to have to step in and heal her. So Tony, of course, that now has to extremist, figure out right? the extremist. What did I say? Extremist? Extremist. Uh, now Tony has the same gift that he he was given so many years ago. Desperation. Now, Andy, there's a song we sing sometimes when you see oh. an amazing set of abs. And I think it's I think we need to say here because someone's were they born, like, born in labs. Now it's time to rank those abs. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a podcast within a podcast. Rank those abs. I'm sure I'm repeating myself right now, but holy shit, Gwyneth Paltrow's yoga abs in this are fucking amazing. Outrageous. If I could ever Insane. if I could have a fifth of that in my life, Just give I me would an ab. constantly yeah. be shirtless. Constantly yep, be shirtless. I got it. Yeah, you know, you can put me on out, Twitch. Nick. Oh. Oh, Kevin. Last night when I was, uh, I thought about that last night as I got You'd to the scene. You'd give anything was, except for the effort. No, oh, I'll do, I'll, I'll literally do anything to have those abs. But uh, last night when I was crushing. I won't of, do that. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> Milo from the world today. Thanks for that, guys. <laughs> uh, Maya was like, oh, this has gone too far. So she threatens to, to kill herself with extremists uh, if Aldridge doesn't let Tony go. And then Aldridge just shoots her and he says, uh, and, and Tony's like, you're a maniac. And he goes, no, I'm a visionary, but I do own a maniac. And he goes live tonight. In the other room, the team is trying to cut through Iron Patriot, but Aldridge has a better idea. He's like, I'm just going to heat up his belly until the armor ejects Rhodey. I hate uh, this. I love it. And he's like, oh. I just hate like the, the hand on the belly, and it just cuts the Don, Don Cheadle being like, uh, it's so yeah. bad. I, I hate thought it was weird. Something, <laughs> something I had never noticed before, uh, the, from the inside, the Iron Man helmets look enormous. They're like oh, yeah. they're huge. A giant like yeah, you know it's, it's just this. I I don't know why I never thought about it before. We watched. It looks like the no, Rick Moranis helmet yeah. from uh, Spaceballs. That's right. What, in, inside yeah. you cut it, it's, it's like just dark one of those things that I never looked at that detail. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Why is it I guess it would like the real thing is just happening in their eyeballs, right? Yeah, yeah. it's a heads up display, right? Yeah. So like how do you what's the easiest way to show that to us, the viewer, and not be bored? Uh, back in Tony's room, uh, Harley's sister's door, the Explorer limited edition watch goes off. Uh, and then Tony asks one of the goons, Hey, what's the mileage count? He says, Hey, ponytail, what's the mileage count between Flora and Tennessee? And without missing Love the beat, it. the guy Love goes, it. the guy goes 832 miles. I'm, I'm good, good like, like that. that. <laughs> so fucking funny. <laughs> so That's it. This entire yeah, exchange good. is so good, fucking right? Great. <laughs> oh, what are you doing? Uh, so course. funny because it feels so unlike anything we've seen in the MCU. And honestly, I can't think of any movie that has this type of dialogue. But whatever it is, it fucking works. It works. It's you know what it reminds me of? It, remind, it reminds me of some of the more cartoony writing in What If. Like, oh. the, the these scenes with these people, mm. I feel like 
this would be their dialogue in the what if version of the of the universe where it everybody sort of has little cartoony writing and Colson is, you know, smelling dead Thor on the table. Mm-hmm. Spoilers for what if, you know. Avender. Damn. Uh, uh Nick, does it remind you of uh was it Guy Ritchie? Guy Ritchie movies? Is it the director? No. no? More, I mean oh. it it really does remind me a lot more of like later Shane Black stuff. Like I, I a movie that I keep coming back to a lot, which you haven't seen is the nice guys. And I just I think that the the sort of laissez faire, relaxed improv style of that movie. At first, when I first watched it, I was like, I don't know if I like this because it's Shane Black, just like as 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 Shane Black as it possibly can get. But I've come to really, really enjoy that film, and this has moments of that as well, where it's like you can tell they're just kind of having a good time on set, hamming it up, doing some improv, enjoying it. But of course, Tony's doing the thing where he's like. You regret this in five, four, three, two, and then does the shake the hand for a cool moment and nothing happens. And then it happens so many times that the guys are just like, man, we're rooting for you at this point. Like, we don't know what the fuck's <laughs> going on, but uh, we want something to happen here. Uh, Iron Patriot finally opens up and Rhodey doesn't miss a beat. He jumps out swinging, but Aldridge breathes fire and he's like, Jesus Christ, you breathe fire now? And then Cold Blood That's knocks awesome. him out. Uh, another, this is a good Don Cheadle delivery, I think, where it happens and he just stops. Like, he was getting ready to fight and run. He's just like, you breathe fire? <laughs> Uh, finally, of course, uh, Tony counts down and the Mark 42, or at least parts of it come to the rescue. Uh, one of he gets one of those, his repulsors on his hand, uh, but the rest is stuck in Harley's barn. So the kid uses some sort of liquid or acid or something like that to throw on the lock that breaks it. Kevin, can you yeah, tell us? I didn't know what was happening. What was this? Uh, acid, just cold sure. water. Let's go with acid. Okay. Uh, this kid has, <laughs> this kid just has a vat of hydrochloric acid somewhere in his property. And we're not worried I, about I this kid at all. it was warm water to like the, the lock was frozen. I don't know. I got I nothing know. for you. Uh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, Tony fights his way out of the mansion using one of the blasters and an Uzi. Uh, let's see. Great scene where he's just beating the shit out of people and he gets to the last goon and the dude's like, whoa, hey, man, honestly, I hate working here. They're so weird. And he just runs away. And I love that beat. Love the it. rest of uh, the armor, of course, flies in, but the system still doesn't isn't working so great. Uh, so he calls up Rhodey and rendezvous with him. Uh, and together they take the man, uh, the main house, excuse me, uh, and the Mandarin with it. Trevor wants to roll he's like listen man i immediately will roll on everyone if that's what if that's what's necessary uh and he tells them about the plan he's like i'm not quite sure what's going on but something about a boat a big boat and the vice president that's all i know uh tony remembers something about a lovely speedboat they gave the mandarin so they head off in it uh and call the president who's played by uh miguel i think his name is miguel ferrer ferrera ferrer who is just you'll you'll of course remember him uh i i think he was the bad guy or one of the bad guys in robocop if i'm not mistaken vice president the vice president, yeah. Not to be confused with uh, Bill and Ted's bogus journey guy, uh, who is the president. president Redemption president, yeah. Yes. Uh, they call vice president, who says the president is safe. He's like, he's with Colonel Rhodes on Air Force One. And then and then Rhodes comes over and speaks. He's like, dude, I'm right here. I'm not with him. And he's like, oh, no, we better get going. We better call everyone. Don't worry, guys. I got this. And then he hangs up the phone, and the security guy goes, what happened? He goes, oh, everything's good, man. Don't worry about it. Because it turns out, of course, his kid is dun, dun, in need dun. of extremists as well. So he is a bad guy. Uh, Iron Patriot lands at Air Force One, and man, let me tell you one thing right now. Iron Man suit, super cool. When it's a bad guy, super scary. Mm-hmm. Super freaking sure. scary. And this whole scene that he wa- like it walks through, and he's like, like, hello, Colonel, welcome aboard. He's not saying anything. I'm like, yeah, you're all going to die. This is a Terminator moment if I've ever seen one right now. Uh, Tony gets his armor up to 92% thanks to the use of a very, very large battery, where I'm not sure where he got that from, but I have to imagine he pulled it out of the tractor in the back. Uh, while Savin uses the Iron Man suit to take Air Force One, and again, it's scary, he grabs the president and sends him off in the suit uh, while he straps a parachute onto himself. 
But Tony shows up, luckily, uh, to save the day and gets one over on Cold Blood using his superheat uh, and then blows a hole in the plane. Uh, oh, sorry. But Sabin gets one over on him, uses his superheat, uh, shorts Tony's suit a little bit, and then blows a hole in the plane uh, for everyone to, uh, to, to unfortunately, fall out. And then uh, Tony gives him the favor back in turn and blows a hole in his chest. 13 people in the air, Tim, and this is the scene you're talking about. Tony can only carry four, so he has to improvise and think outside of the box. And how does he do that? Well, he saves Heather first, and he's like, listen, I know you're falling from the sky, but here's a little bit of information that I'm going to need you to understand. I'm going to electrify your arm, which means you can't open your hand up. So one by one, we're going to grab everyone, and uh, I'm sure it'll do irreparable damage to the nerves and the muscles of your no. hand because carrying someone, but don't even worry about it because what do you want? Use your hand or die. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's they're, they're, they're definitely – Tearing tendons. Yep. And oh muscles. my god, yeah. yeah. Uh one by one, of course, they form a skydiving barrel of monkeys, and Tony lands them all safely in the water below. And it's a very hype moment. And then it's uh, revealed that he's not in the suit. I, I love the yeah. like escalation so of this entire scene, man. It's just well, so revealed great. That, giant, so, that car accident, so right? Yeah. It gets, yeah. It gets the suit the just truck. gets exploded. You're like, whoa, where the fuck is Tony? And then of course he's back on the thing, and that's the that's the the payoff for the beat earlier where we saw him not in the suit as well. Time to initiate. The house party protocol, Tim. And I got to be honest with you. If we don't throw a fucking party at some point and call it the house party protocol, we are missing out. Absolutely. 100%, Nick. <laughs> Come yeah. son. Uh, let's see. This is where we see uh, Pepper Potts again. Uh, we, she has the scene with Aldridge, and she's just like, she's just jacked out beyond belief. Uh, the president <laughs> arrives in the Iron Patriot suit. Uh, and there, it turns out they're on the rocks on Norco, an oil tanker that had a massive oil spill in MCU history. And the president helped cover it up, and nobody went to jail. All these fat cats got more fat. Uh, Rhodes and Tony arrive on the scene. And this is where the movie turns into a buddy cop flick, and I love it. Uh, the president has been strung up, just like the uh, the the you know you guys will remember this, of course. The the that lovely scene in in Silence of the Lambs where he strings up the prison guard whose face he's cut off, and then wears the face into the ambulance, and then gets away. And I remember it's, uh, this. something that a child should never see, and I watched it many many times as a child. It's a good movie. And it's here we are. Made me who I am today. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about that dark hole. Let's go back to that. <laughs> anyway. Uh, let's see. They're gonna light him up, death by oil, and a bunch of super goons around them. He said, "I kill it for a suit right about now." And right on cue, the house party commences. It's Christmas. Take him to church is what Tony says, and all the suits so snap good. into action. Everything starts to explode, and Pepper gets knocked free, uh, but she gets pinned down. Uh, Tony suits up, but sadly, the armor is only coated for Tony. So sorry, Rhodey, you're on your own. Which I just like love that he leaves. Like he totally could give him a suit, but it's like I'm not gonna give you a suit, bro. Leaving him in the lurch one more time. Uh, he tries to say Pepper, but Aldridge burns a hole in his chest. So Tony cuts uh, his heat his, uh, his heat arm off with a uh, burns a hole in the ground. Anyway, uh, Pepper falls again. Tony tries to get into a suit, or Rhodey tries to the president, which he does by swinging a cargo container at him and, and uses his blaster to break him free. Uh, with the president now uh, safe, Tony goes. Uh, Rhodey's like, "I'm gonna evac him immediately." And Tony's like, "See you later." Uh, he tries to catch up to Pepper, who is pinned down. Uh, he tries to save her uh, in time, but unfortunately, she falls to her death. In the flames below so this and this whole scene with the the iron legion coming in like yeah. i, I want to talk about it for a second and what i'm about to say is a little hypocritical uh -oh. but i i stand by it this scene is awesome i i love it i think the choreography they really went the extra mile uh in in making sure that every new suit that was introduced did something cool it had some cool choreography to it the first one we see fly in and spread into pieces to knock out multiple people reforming like all that stuff was was so well done but i can't help but feel it was wasted in this movie like this whole iron legion all of tony's suits coming like i know that the story supported it but i feel like it didn't support it enough for what sh the house party protocol could have been insane 
insane. And like, I feel like this type of moment would have been better served as a Avengers Endgame type moment when Captain Marvel comes to save the day. Where like, they're fucked, they're outnumbered, and then, oh, here's this thing to come save them. And if the suits were to come in then, I feel like it would have been able to have a little bit more resonance than just each suit kind of having its one cool moment against these like some of the most faceless bad guys we've ever had in the entire MCU. I mean, but, you figure like with the exception of what the three we deal with, the rest aren't even really introduced, right? They're just, oh, here we are, extremist people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. And also uh, uh, me and Sancho West were going back and forth a little bit on, on Twitter today where he was saying that this movie does, this moment doesn't hit for him because he wanted it to be like an ACDC song or something when, he, when, when Tony does a thing. And while I agree with it, that that's cool. I love the use of the score here. Like this moment is what makes me love this Iron Man theme. It's so good. And it, I think builds perfectly as all the different suits are coming in doing really dope shit. Agreed. Of course, uh, this is where Aldridge takes a moment. It's a shame. I would have caught her. And they run at each other, but Tony outsmarts him one more time and slides underneath him so he can suit up. Aldridge knocks him down. And Tony ejects a split second before uh, the villain gets a whole or he gets a whole punch basically through the suit. I love this. I love him ejecting out of the suit here and trying to jump into the next one. And then that gets puffed up. And this is where he starts suit so jumping cool. and all that stuff. Super cool. Uh, of course, it ends uh, with the Mark 42 coming in hot and then, of course, eating it on landing. And he's like, fuck, man, I just can't catch a break. Aldridge says, you didn't deserve her. I almost made her perfect. And Tony says, that's where you're wrong. She was perfect to begin with. Uh, and then Tony orders, thinking smart, he orders the Mark 42 suit to suit up on Aldridge and then asks Jarvis to do him a favor and blow Mark 42, which brings down the house. But you can't kill Killian that easily. The guy's name is Killian, for Christ's sake. He comes back True. for one more scream, but thankfully Pepper is alive. And she kicks his ass, destroying another Iron Man suit in the process, and uses one of its missiles to, uh, as a blaster to blow up Killian to Kingdom Come forever. And then she goes, you know, I think I finally understand why you don't want to give up these suits. Am I going to be, and then she goes, am I going to be okay? And Tony has another bang up here. He says, you're in a relationship with me. Everything will never be okay. Uh, but he's like, but I'm going to fix you. Don't worry about that. He tells Pepper he's going to fix her and then orders uh, Operation Clean Slate, the Clean Slate Protocol, which means he's going to blow up all of his suits. And Pepper has a great moment here, too. Uh, that should have been included in the script, but wasn't. It's only in my head canon, as Kevin says, where she goes, hey, maybe keep a couple of those because we're not quite sure if we killed everyone. Aldrich has come back twice already. <laughs> we're not sure if he's dead. <laughs> Don't blow everything up yet. Get me the fuck out of here and fix this fire in my tummy. Uh, Pepper watches in amazement, especially uh, as all the suits blow up and she's very happy. And then Tony wraps it back up the way it started with narration. He says, you start with something pure, then comes the mistakes, the compromises. You create your own demons. Uh, he sorts out Pepper and then he goes, you know what? I decided to sort myself out too and have the shrap metal taken out of his chest. And it's a great moment where the doctor like lets it go and it gets popped up to his old magnet that was in there. Uh, the little arc reactor magnet. Um, Happy wakes up and immediately watches Downton Abbey and checks out the nurse next to him. Uh, Harley. See, no, here's, here's the thing with that scene. He's I, I, for a badge, isn't he? Uh, oh, oh interesting. See, I, I took it more as just like he was like looking at her of like, this is on. Oh, there's only one person that would have known to do this for me, and it's Tony. Uh, you know, I, I took it as I took it. I think there's I think there might be a longer version of that scene where he goes like his like hand shakes and he goes like. That's what I, yeah. I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that would have made more sense because I always just thought it was kind of weird for Happy to be like, I'm going to yeah. check out this nurse. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Kind of I don't think that was the intent. <laughs> oh, good. That makes a lot well, of sense. You know what, now. Nick? You, John Favreau, the old ding dong's your best friend. Why don't you hit him up? Ask for the motivation. What did you it say? What? Next script? time I'm at the I'm at the Hard Rock Cafe patio 
He's yeah, active on the Twitter. Isn't he? Here, well, I will be. I will ask him about that, and I'm sure he will say, "Fuck right off, sir. I don't know you, and I don't want any of your booze." Uh, let's see. Harley comes home to a treasure trove of new toys, including a Mustang and the Potato Gun Mark II, which I thought was an especially nice touch. And then Tony stands on the the precipice of the rubble of his mansion and throws the 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 arc reactor that used to be in his chest away. He says, I guess I'd say my armor, it was never a distraction or a hobby. It was a cocoon, and now I'm a changed man. You can take away my house, all my tricks, and toys. One thing you can't take away, I am Iron Man. And then cue the dope credit sequence that looks like a Magnum P.I., uh, episode or intro, and I love it, and Andy hates it. And it's then, gross. Of course, I just kind of like, yeah, oh, I think it's great. And <laughs> I, guess, I love the theme, I love that they could go with the cheesy yeah. 70s version of the fucking dope ass theme song. Good for them. Uh, and then we get the end credit sequence where Tony is telling the whole story. He's actually really been narrating the entire time to Bruce Banner, who has fallen asleep. And he's like, What's the last thing you heard? He goes, Elevator in Switzerland. And he so goes, so You heard none of it. And he goes, I'm sorry, man. I'm just, I'm just not that kind of doctor. <laughs> and then Tony just keeps on, <laughs> keeps on going on. Now, that with that. I, I, I've had a moment this last week and a half that I didn't realize. Uh, that is that I love Mark Ruffalo. I've yeah. never had anything against him before, but there's just something I've seen him in this, his performance in What If. I'm like, this man is a fucking treasure, and he's it's more treasure. Jeff Goldblum-like than yeah. I ever gave him credit for. Yeah. What Mark Ruffalo movies do I need to watch? Because I've only ever seen him in The Hulk. So he's definitely only watched 30. You have to watch 13 Go on 30. You have to watch the one where he's got uh, a dead person in his head the entire time, and it's Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't watch either of those. You don't have to watch either of those movies. Just watch 13 Go on movies. 30. I've never seen. Uh, we'll put it on the list. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's not <laughs> good. No? Oh. I think you, it's you fine. It's, I mean, it's, it's a movie, you, you know, I'm sure Joey loves. So I mean, like, I'm sure Gia loves it, too. I mean, let's put it this way, Tim. I, I love it, too, for the record. I mean, it's not, yeah, you're not getting fucking... You know the two of the France over here. And it, oh, you're, you're getting, getting the rough. rough. You're getting the oh, rough. Yeah, oh, getting the rough. Yeah, just rough me up, baby. Rough me oh, up. Oh wait, hold rough. on. What's the one he was in with RDJ about the Zodiac Killer? Oh, that was really good, actually. Like, it was really Zodiac? good. Yeah. yeah. No. Zodiac. No. It's called Zodiac. 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 Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, that was a good one. Cool. <laughs> uh, right. Hit me with some of that haiku and review, Andy. Seven syllables in the middle. You'll need five for the first and last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret it. Haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku in review. Haiku in review. You can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to write your reviews in haiku form, just like OK Soda did. Tony on the lamb. Can't rest. Always has to plan. I miss Iron Man. Andrew Feistner says, Glows like an oven, fire breath like a dragon, because he is hot trash. Mm. I guess he's not a big fan of, of children. Kill- How, what's his name? Aldrich Killian. 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 Aldrich Killian. Killian. Uh, but yeah, that's what we got for our haikus. Now it's time for a little bit of that ragu bagu. Ragu. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Rad Guys Talk Bad Guys, the podcast within a podcast where we rank all the Marvel villains of the mcu i'm not gonna lie tim caught me with my pants down i didn't know i, I didn't know we we're doing the segment yeah, so instead i will revent i will now recap ladies and gentlemen from the first mcu in review you all know and love the 40 people I, we, we did the tier system we got the tier system well, we just need to go to the tier. I, I, for this, I don't. So this we don't is our need to first re-rank. time using just... the tier system, ladies and gentlemen. No, he's, he's going to say them all now. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm down to do it your way. I'm down. You know, you can have it your way, Mister Vankman. I'll go. Yeah, you know, there you go. Uh, right now, 
Uh, we had Mandridge. <laughs> it works. The Mandarin slash Aldrich at number 25, placing them in the top of the D tier, meaning that above them is number 24, the vision from Solo. Below them, number 26, Obadiah Stane. Number 27, Franco Malfoy slash Taskmaster from Black Widow. Uh, number 28, uh, Loki from Thor. And then 29, Flag Smasher slash John Walker from Captain America or Captain America and the Winter Soldier. That's uh, all, or Falcon Winter Soldier. That's uh, all the D tier for you. Yeah, it feels right to me. Like rewatching this, uh, I think that I, like I said earlier, it's like every time I rewatch it, I like it more than the last time. I think the villain plot is is one of the things that maintains really low for me. I think the Mandarin twist is really cool, but I think that the the man behind the plan makes it significantly less interesting, uh, and that's kind of what makes the the end of this kind of feel a little whatever. I would say like at least Guy Pierce brings something to it and it's something different than the Justin Hammer because we've already seen sort of like the the, the wannabe rivalry, but like Guy Pierce, like, oh, he actually seems kind of formidable, whereas Justin Hammer just is like kind of a, a, a toolbox the entire time. But I would also agree that by the time he gets to the end of it, you're like, eh, it's, it, it reads a bit more generic than I would have liked to, it to have read. Mm-hmm. Anyone else have any thoughts? I leave him where he is. It's fine. I don't. I don't see any. I don't see any reason to shake it up. You know what I mean? Or and that's not what we're doing either. We're just yeah, discussing. Again, we can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? No, no. Just discussing. Right, for the record, too, I have ass. tweeted at John Favreau. I said, "Hey, John Favreau, at the end of Iron Man three, when Happy wakes up, why does he look at the nurse the way he does?" I say because Happy was looking for a badge or about to tap his chest to indicate badge. Nick and Tim have different takes. Thanks. I then follow up to my own tweet and say, uh, "Bonafide Black, who's Shane Black and Robert Downey Jr. Uh, let me know if you know." And I have not gotten a response from Shane Black or rdj yet but a, keegan, oh, a guy named keegan responded to the first tweet with a sentence that doesn't make sense to me i thought it was implied the woman on the tv was the nurse looking after if you are keegan <laughs> think before you tweet just everybody Jesus. slow down i understand there's a tweet from greg Wait. miller you get all excited but was the nurse don't... one of the people in downton abbey <laughs> no <laughs> no he he's keegan he's got... saying Keegan just woke up and a mule immediately kicked him in the head. And he saw the tweet. And he tried to respond the best okay. he could. He's like, bah, 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 okay. on the keyboard. He doesn't know. I think that's happened. actually a little bit more of a that makes that makes more sense. He got kicked in the head. Mule got it. I thought it was implied the woman on the TV. Uh, the no, I, I mean I think we nailed it. Like especially oh. when you go around what's going on with, like with other placement, it's like it's spot on. He's top of that list. Yeah, the, just, you just went yeah. in and looked like you had something to say. And then you I'm reacting stopped. to something You're else. You're two for Sorry, two here. Yeah. Uh, now, Kev, can you bring up the rankings just so we can see where it ranked and uh, see how we feel about that? Uh, currently, it's coming in at number 23. So uh, underneath Age of Ultron, First Avenger, and then it goes Iron Man 3. And then the bottom of the list, Hulk, Thor, and then Thor 2, Dark World. Uh, having rewatched this, do you guys, how do you feel about that? I, I really think that it... So there's some... I, I still think that its placement is pretty accurate, except for I feel like I would put Iron Man 2 underneath it and just, just move. Oh, man, I don't know. I guess that's tricky. I, I, I feel like First Avengers is really low. I, yeah, I think this is better than Iron Man 2 and Age of Ultron, but not better than First Avengers. So that's kind of that's where I'm my issue right there. It's wild that if you say, yes, this Iron Man 3, we have it ranked 23 out of 26. That makes it seem like a really shitty movie. <laughs> and it's not. Yeah. Like, it's definitely not a bad movie. I just don't know if I would end up putting it over those because I think that if... I, I, I know for a fact that if I watched Age of Ultron, in fact, I rewatched it like two months ago uh, or something like that, and I still come away from that movie 
finding a lot to enjoy, even though I don't love the overall sort of story and, and moments in it. Um, I, I think it is accurately placed. I just it seems a lot lower than it should be, but um, I think it's still a damn fine movie, you know. See, right now, I feel like you look at it in regards to First Avenger. I think it's better than First Avenger, and I actually think like I enjoy it either as much or more than I did watching Black Widow in theaters. So I think it's actually pretty low on the list. I think we we should we could if we were going to rank, I would bump that probably up to at least the, the twenty spot. Yeah, so, you know, the hodgepodge of all the things, right? So it's like, for me, I'm uh, echoing a lot of people here where I think, for me, the cutoff would be, well, that's a weird way to say it, I guess. I would keep First Avenger, Captain America, the First Avenger, in front of Iron Man 3, and I would move both of them up to be right below Black Widow, bumping Iron Man 2 and Age of Ultron down. Yeah, I think what's interesting here is, like, you know, we've always talked about the tier lists uh, for these movies, and I I think that it's in the right tier. It's not in the spot I would put it. I I put it a little bit higher, but I do think that it it belongs with the Age of Ultron's first adventure, Black Widow, like, maybe even all the way up to, like, Captain Marvel area, Um, and even Falcon and and Winter Soldier. But, yeah, it's like this, to to Andy's point, it's like, I just think it's a sign to the testament of how the the qualities of these movies has maintained and only in like gotten more and more high as the movies go on. And even older movies kind of get, get better because of things that are added later, uh, including this one. So I definitely think that uh, Iron Man three represents where it's on the list right now, the lowest of a certain tier that's above the Hulk Thor and dark world. So yeah, I think we did good guys. I think mm-hmm. we did good. Great job. Let us, let us know what you think about Iron Man three in the comments below. And remember, do your homework, watch Shang-Chi, and we are going to do the review of that this Friday uh, when it goes on, go, comes out in theaters. Where will it rank? We'll have to find out, and you'll have to find out as well. But until I'm then. Out. For the record, you did already see it, Tim, and you and Joey have like a really quick like first impression. Yes, good call. Up, right? Yeah, if you want to see our, what I, me and Joey thought, totally, totally spoiler-free. It's like I think we did less than five minutes uh, of our thoughts. You can find that over on YouTube.com slash kind of funny. It's on the screencast podcast feed as well. Uh, if you're interested in that, uh, don't worry. We really don't spoil anything. But, uh, but yeah, it's cool. Check it out. Until <laughs> next time. Love you all. Bye, everyone. Bye.